0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hello, I'm Paul.
1: Hi, I'm Misa.
0: Trish.
2: Hi, I'm Trish. Unmuted. <laughs> oh, God. Hi. Uh,
3: <sighs> Hi, I'm Jonathan. I write under J. Manfred Weichsel. You've probably read my books.
0: Uh, not yet. I'm I'm still listening, waiting for the audiobook with the uh, no bed music, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, we all just read, uh, Farnham's Freehold, a wonderful novel by Robert A. from 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 July 1964 (laughs) through uh, three months, uh, in Worlds of If. Science Fiction Magazine, and also published as a hardcover, um, and then the paperback, uh, probably through Ace or something like that. And um, I'm very proud of myself for getting through this one. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, re- I, haven't, I haven't read this book That's since so I was real. a teenager. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how proud of Trish I should be because she's probably read it before. Is that right?
2: I have as a teenager. Yeah,
0: me too. Right. Teen, uh, so a a teenager. And I remember reading it as a teen. I get to a certain point in the book. I'm like, Oh my God. And I shake my head. Then I go, you know, yeah, I, I I screenshotted all the times that I thought, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And there's probably about five of them, uh, where he's, he starts adding a new element to the story um where i'm gonna explore this idea in the most horrible way you can possibly imagine <laughs> and uh so uh, you know trish knew what she was getting into uh, jonathan you had read this before uh yeah absolutely and paul had right because yes
3: uh, you know i have the you know Bain, you know. I uh the bane paperback
0: right uh, which has a uh, big spoiler on the cover <laughs> right. The um, yeah, yeah it is just it's basically, basically
4: the ending. <laughs> yes,
0: the very, very last page of the book is on the cover. Um, <laughs> oh yeah,
3: it is. Spoiler. Huh. But,
0: uh, it, uh, it doesn't ruin anything, of course. It makes you say, "What's going on here?" It's uh, who wrote this? Of course, it was Heinlein. You just look at the detail. The, kittens, and...
3: the title gives away the ending too.
0: Right. It does. Yes. Right. Because that. But well, we didn't have that yes. word "freehold" until this book. I, I think we had. You know, as, as, as we do now. Um, one of the interesting things about this is that that word, it was what we now call preppers, freeholders.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. So you know, I, I tweeted about this earlier this week. I found an article, um, in a newspaper talking about, um, a prepper. Um, but it was called a freeholder. And it was saying it was, saying, this guy was inspired by Heinlein. Like Heinlein's changing the world, right? Um, making people worried about zombie apocalypses, except this is before, you know, there are like literally, or there were a few years ago, ma- magazines, you could go buy a magazine about how to survive a zombie apocalypse. And it wasn't like a joke. Sure. It was like, because people watch too much walking dead and they, they want that to be real.
3: I think it's the wrong title for the book. I think it's misleading. I would, have called, freehold? It, yeah,
0: I would have called it uh,
3: freedom is a lonely thing. Yeah. That's
0: <laughs> that's a very Heinlein sort of style length. T- it, was, it, title. Mm-hmm. it was in the book. Yeah. It was, it's
3: yep. Yep. One of the code
0: words she uses.
3: That's what I would have called the book because Farnham's mm. freehold doesn't say what the book's about. It's no. not about like his freehold at the end. It's about being a slave.
0: Well, that's in the freehold, chosen. right? So <clears throat> th- th- what's interesting is the word freehold has, has two opposite meanings. It's an oxymoron in a certain sense, right? If you hold something, it is not free, right? Yeah. And you, as a person, uh, want to be held by your husband or, you know, your wife.
1: Um, or your daughter.
0: Or your daughter. Do- or, 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 it could be the same thing, myself. <laughs> <It's all laughs> or <true>. chosen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or, or ponds.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, look, <laughs> he could have made many other choices, but um, I I wanted to tweet. Uh, I I did tweet it. Um, this uh, little mini biography of Alan E. Norse. Um, I've read a little bit of Alan E. Norse, a novel here or there, and he's good. Um, he was a doctor, and he was the dedicatee. Dedicatee, the guy who was this book was dedicated to. That's
1: I like that word. Let's just make dedicate, it a word. Yeah,
0: I don't even know how to spell it. Or the, Etymologically, it doesn't really make him. The person who this book was dedicated to, um, apparently they were friends, Heinlein and uh, his wife, and Norse and his wife. And later Friday was partially dedicated to the wife and Norse. Um, they were both Navy men. So that's probably how they uh, bonded, you know. Heinlein likes to think of himself as a Navy man. Even in this book, this, uh, who's the main Heinlein in this book? (laughs) Other than, other than Ponce. Well, it's
2: Hugh, (laughs) the former CB.
0: Right. Which is as close as to a Navy man as he gets in this book, right? Um, Isn't the
2: construction battalion part of the Navy?
0: The CBs are the construction. Yeah. Yeah. They are. I mean, I think but, they Yeah,
4: but they're, but they're, but they're, they're, they're Navy they're not another service. So yeah, it's
0: a Navy it's, They're not
2: the Army Corps of Engineers. they no, they're the
0: Navy Corps of uh making engineers making yeah. runways <laughs> on islands in the Pacific, right? right? Um and we don't I don't think we got his rank, did we? He he started uh I think and, he
2: was offered chief but decided to retire. Yeah, but he yeah, said he at one point right. he Civilian had two thousand
0: people under him.
2: So whatever is right below chief
0: yeah so it's it's um it's this is a this is a hell of a book because it has a lot of stuff going on in it and it i i think i measured um the the scene where they they're outside and they're about to do something and then uh ponce's airplane shows up and that's about halfway through the book
4: Right, yes. right, right, right. They're, they're about to have a confrontation yeah. and then Pon shows
0: up. Right. It's
1: about yeah. a yeah. third I of the way through. That, that is.
0: I, I did movie screenshot movie. it, but I, I don't think I made yeah, a note yeah. about if it. It's where
1: Duke be, be, is going to leave with his mother. Right. Yes. And live in a cave.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and then Pawn shows up. And, 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 and then we got, you know, some transition scenes, just like we have a transition scene at the beginning. But the, uh. Before the Ponce and after Ponce, they're almost like two different books, right? Yeah.
4: Well, there's actually three books in this book. In this, I agree. Book, there's I think, even Jesse. more than uh, that. The, the, the book, book one is surviving a nuclear attack. Book two is pioneering on an alien planet that is your own planet and trying to figure out what's going on. And book three is um, life under Ponce.
0: Yeah, and and then I, I, was,
4: I, I, I don't I don't count book four. I and mean, maybe book it, four. Um, avoiding problems of time travel.
0: Well, so that's the other thing is, um, I don't think it was Jonathan. Someone, um, pointed out that, oh, it was, um, Carl Gallagher pointed out that, um, Space Cadet is kind of like a, a uh, pre-telling of Starship Troopers. And this book is a retelling in part of Tunnel in the Sky. Remember? Yeah, In Tunnel in the Sky, they get transported to another planet for a test, but the machine breaks and they're stuck there. And they start forming society and government and how democracy works. And and then at the end of the book, um, they get their transport back to Earth and they're going to start colonizing planets. And our main character doesn't want to go back, but he does he, he, because he's a YA character, right? Right. So, so th- th- this book is partially that. It's also, uh, the, um, door summer because the time travel scenes are. Because they
4: go forward and then backward. Yeah.
0: But the, the literally same thing happens that they steal a car in, in the time travel, uh, of, uh, in door to summer. Like it literally is the same scene. He goes, goes to the front door and looks in the window and he steals a car. And then the guy earlier in the book, Goes out and looks and one of the cars is missing. So it's like, that's exactly the oh, same. Yeah. I didn't notice that my, oh, my yeah. first time reading this. And then there's also, um, the world of, of, um, Ponce, Ponce is 2000 years in the future is also stuff we've seen before, sort of a little bit beyond, not beyond this horizon. Um, uh, what's the uh, bias bootstraps a little bit? I'm pretty sure there's another book, and I'm not picturing which one it is. Which, what, what oh, and the most extraordinary thing about this book, um, yes. is it set in 1964. I don't think any other Heinlein book is set in the contemporary. Uh, maybe hmm. a short story, but every it, other science fiction uh, I, I, book. I, I, by, yeah,
4: because a couple of short stories definitely are set. Yeah. Meant to short stories, yes. Set.
0: I agree, including by his bootstraps, which I think this is kind of similar to. You know, in a little, especially with the pawn stuff. But
4: not, but novels, no. right. There isn't work, another there's...
0: novel where it isn't start in the future, which is extraordinary. And and that's also kind of like I think he did that on purpose because he's. This is such an interesting book. Uh, well, oh wait wait,
4: wait, 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 wait a minute. Um, does an alternate history count? Because if an alternate history counts, then Job also is set in the contemporary just in an alternate world because the name winds up at one point in our world. So, yes, I think Job is the other one because he, he's in an alternate early 80s and winds up bouncing through timelines. I haven't read our that own. one recently
0: enough to, to remember, but – um. That's also after I, the stroke, I, I would be
4: right? actually up for trying Job again, seeing, yeah, seeing, eventually
0: seeing how it sets up eventually. Yeah. I need <laughs> to, I'm gonna need a Heinlein break we, after today.
4: We we need a Heinlein <laughs> to cleanse after this, Jess.
0: <laughs> cleanse. <laughs> I don't
3: know. Cleanse.
4: Yeah. yeah. So oh, the world
3: of puns. Um. Maybe Glory Road a little bit. A little um, bit. Like like both of them fixate on like the costumes of the empress and the emperor and the leader here. Mm -hmm. And um,
1: I'm suddenly getting such a distaste in my mouth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just, it's the long pork, you know, make sure you stick with chicken.
4: Oh God. No, no, no. uh, uh, So, so I, both Trish and I were looking at um, Farrah Mendelssohn's book. Uh, She's, she's a prominent critic and reader of Heinlein and she has a lot to say about Farnum Barnes- Sperryhold, and it's her opinion, and I think I agree, uh let she speak herself, that this book goes off the rails when we reveal that this society is cannibalistic. Up to that point, this this novel is a Swiftian fairly, and Mark Twain yeah. satire. You know, yeah. But when you hits when we get that, it's like Highline's just goes straight into straight into terrible territory and never comes out again yeah actually i
3: i just when i first read this book when we came to the cannibal stuff i was laughing so hard like i had tears streaming down my cheek i think it's a difference between listening and reading maybe Mm. um reading this book is better uh and the reason is there's a few reasons but like the earlier stuff but when they're starting their society, you just want to skim that because it's not very interesting and it's not very good. But then the later stuff when they're, you know, with, with puns and the chosen, some of that stuff is just so weird. You've got to reread it two or three times just to make sure you really read, read what you thought you did. Um, so, you know, both of those, those, like for me, the weakness of this book is the beginning half. like, when um, Duke notices, realizes they're in Colorado. You could have skipped everything that happened until the girls reveal to each other that they're pregnant. Like you could have just summed that up, like they performed routine chores with minimal um, adversity, and yeah. that that would have been it. Maybe some of the character stuff is important uh, because I do like the characters in this book. I think they're some of Highline's most well-done characters. But other than that. <laughs> yes. No, they
0: are. They're they're, uh, they're not likable, but they're
1: they're not
3: distinct.
0: Likable. One of the things that tells you they're good is that I I know all their names, right? Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> who Grace is. I know uh, I'm I'm a little less clear on Barbara and Karen, because um, they're you know sort of interchangeable until you know at a certain point in the book. Um, Duke, we know Duke way too well.
1: Oh boy, but that
3: that's like what i like what i like about it is how real they are like yeah. grace the alcoholic who's in denial of the situation they're in and who's completely delusional about like their, their chances to escape like that's real that's how the alcoholic mother would act mm. and when she literally has her son castrated like that's freudian stuff mm-hmm. and
0: it's very it's you're right i agree with you about the first half of the book and mysa needs to talk about the cannibalism
1: um okay pa- paul jesse said mysa tell me when you're going to turn when you're going to stop reading this book and there were so many yep. times that i was like i hate this book <laughs> um, yeah but at that point where you just said i texted him and i said this is the point if i was going to stop yeah. that's where i would have stopped
0: yeah because
1: yeah. it just like all of the
0: it's, it I is hated off the all rails.
1: Those characters, every single one of them, I hated. Um, but, um, you're supposed
0: to hate them. You're supposed, know, to, hate you're them. supposed to
1: hate them. i are supposed to hate them. Who I, are you rooting for? Like, who, I, I, why am I reading this? Indeed. If I can't stand anybody. <laughs> so I, 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 I
0: actually had to, okay. oh, uh, uh, let me go, Paul, before I forget this really interesting thought I had when I was like, how do you fix this book? <laughs> and I thought one way you could have done it is change the POV from you, uh, and we actually do have a POV change at one point early on, which is also straight out of, um, the, uh, tunnel in the sky. Remember, there's a journal in tunnel in yep. the sky and our, one of our characters is keeping the journal and then one of those chapters is her point of view for the story. The rest of the chapters are just, you know, over the shoulder point of view of the main, main dude. Um, that's exactly how this is done. Now, I thought, one of the things you could have done is as soon as we get uh, Ponce show up, tell it from Joe's point of view.
1: That would have been interesting.
0: It would be very uh, interesting. But then there's yeah. a scene where we f- see Joe talking to Hugh and Joe mm-hmm. is sticking it to Hugh. Right. Oh, right. Which right. would That's make right. us hate him. And we don't hate Joe. We don't, we're not sympathetic to him in that scene, but we would hate him if we're following him over the shoulder, sticking it to Hugh. Because unless, you know, Hugh is, Hugh is not a racist jerk. Everybody, a lot of other people, including the daughter, Karen. Oh my God. That, right. There's scenes in here where like we're not, we're, but that's the extraordinary thing about this book is it's set in 1964. So you have a lot of legacy racism. You've got present day racism uh, of '64, and you've got people who are like, "We got to stop this." Right? The problem is they're in that setting. So if, if you know when Heinlein normally does this, it's set in a future where um, there are still racists. Though somebody will make a joke about somebody's race, uh, but that it turns out like we don't find that out until two thirds of the way through the book or the, the end or something like that little joke was just there to seed us for the final revelation. Right. Um, -hmm. or or like, yeah, with tunnel in the sky, they did two different covers for it because the artist didn't realize when he was doing the book that the main character is black. Right. And at the end, uh, he redid the cover to make him a black character, but we have the original, uh, he did, which is a white character, right? So that, that doesn't solve the problem if you're gonna make Joe turn on Hugh and, uh, wanna stick it to him. There is no way to fix this book, uh, with a, with another narr- narrator's point of view, I don't think. I mean, it would have been interesting to see it from Ponce's point of view, um, oh. but, yeah. I don't see it as
3: a deficiency that none of the characters are likable. I think I that that's what makes the book great. But like you don't want to like a racist. Right. You want to hate a racist. Yes. But the book but if, makes you hate these characters.
0: Go for it, Mike.
1: Yeah. But if you hate them so much like Grace, you you said she's a well-drawn character, but she was in, she was insipid and I I really yeah. cannot see a mother purposely castrating her like I mean, I may be interesting if she, if she was well, more fleshed out, maybe she was thin. She was I a think it's thin more, character.
2: I think it's and more that she just never bothered to
1: think yeah, through it what it would
2: take. We're speculating no, I get We're that boy. And
4: yeah. That she didn't realize that that meant castrating him,
2: but uh, I, would I agree she with have you. My said that she was, I didn't think she was well developed either. She was just a caricature. The drunk she was a mom. caricature. And so was Karen, the fucking Karen. When she said, Daddy,
1: you know, oh I would have slept God. with you a long time ago. Oh, my God. Just I
0: wanted to rip shuffle. the book apart and burn it and say, you fucking <laughs> idiot, Heinlein. Why are you doing this? <laughs> now, the thing is, is he, he does something in this book that I really appreciate. He talks about taboo subjects. That is why the cannibalism is in here, just like the incest and a bunch of other stuff. Now, the fact that he's willing to do that. Is really important, but it is very annoying the way he does it because he makes horrible arguments <laughs> for the way to, you know, like if you imagine you, you go forward in time, just like it happened and you want to, for whatever reason, repopulate the planet. I'm not, I, I personally, I think we don't need to do incest to do this, but if you somehow thought it was your religious duty, you could find a way to muddle through, but you yeah, don't he, have to say, "Dad, you're." I always found you handsome, because <laughs> I don't want him to have a character say that. It just is so fucking disgusting, horrible man. Hor- what a horrible oh, man! But he I, was right I, 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 I'm, to bring it up. Yeah,
4: it's, it's it's it's. But but I mean I mean it's an unexamined a priori assumption that we must repopulate the earth. Indeed. Like why? What? what uh, I mean. This this reminds me of a terrible movie called Noah, story where Russell Crowe stars as the titular character, and they're the last people on that they're the last people on Earth, and Noah basically doesn't want anybody to have children, so they will all die out. It's 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 an insanely weird movie, and then um what's then, then I. I I forgot the name of the biblical character. Emma Emma Watson becomes pregnant because of Methuselah, and like, and Noah is horrified because the human race will not die out.
0: The Girls don't get names in that. No, no, she has a name, I just,
4: yeah, I, 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 I just in the movie,
0: that. you know, it, they might give him a name, but it's just Noah's wife in the b- it, actual book.
4: It, it is, I mean, so I mean, so, but I mean, the whole talk about incest, and oh, oh, and when we find out when we find out that Karen is pregnant, and then we find out that Barbara is pregnant. He was up because of that. we've increased our gene pool, and
0: the cat's pregnant too. And the cat's pregnant too, so, <laughs>
4: and, and cat's pregnant, too yeah. which is which is very important. And because and there's a, g- a
0: cat. there's a cow, and the calf. Come oh, on, yes, it, and, and, and there's and, and, another cat, and it has kittens. Right, like yeah, that, that that's at the end. Of he's the piling second. it up. He's they're, piling it they're, up. They're, so there uh, one way maybe to increase our this uh, or decrease our displeasure with this book, Jonathan would be to uh, frame it uh, as even more uh, much more obviously as Jonathan Swift because like
1: if you want to do a satire yes do it like make it Tip your hand clear a little more <laughs> that I'm doing a satire like it, it just felt gross. I, I wasn't I liked that it was gross.
0: I agree I mean, the grossness I, I I like that grossness has an appeal but, like but like they're not always Duke, unpleasant right Hugh is Duke. mostly not unpleasant. He's
1: an asshole. Well, uh, yes, Hugh, he
0: and he admits that, right? He is great
3: because
2: just admitting right? that you are an asshole is not sufficient. No, but he, he was recognized? also he yeah. also
0: he also admits that he made mistakes that basically are yeah. the first half of the book, and right? he keeps
2: making mistakes.
0: Uh, like, at the end, he's not making mistakes. A, I don't think he's, he's
2: authoritarian. Yeah. He's uh, completely sexist all the way through the book. Perfect you sexist. know, the it, the book caps off by him being glad that. Uh, Barbara was a woman who never chattered when her man wanted her to be quiet. <laughs> the,
3: character, <laughs> the character Hugh shows up many times in Heinlein, but what makes this Hugh unique is that Heinlein shows that he knows that he was wrong. Yes. In every other Heinlein book I've read, Heinlein thinks that the Hugh character is 100% correct. Yes. In this one, Heinlein shows you that Hugh
0: is wrong in some way. And that's extraordinary ways. because he never does that. Yeah, and that's and and sorry. One of the cool things is we think Duke is the is is worse than Hugh, right? But yes, Duke and Duke is worse than Hugh in many scenes. But one of the points that Hugh was making is that when Ponce shows up, we shouldn't have knuckled under, right? Now it so happens because plot armor or. Heinlein wanting to have uh, society continue, the book continue, um, that Hugh doesn't fight when Duke wants to. Now, Duke gets castrated. Um, So uh, uh, what is the major argument of this book? It seems to be muddle through and hopefully plot armor will save you, right? And that's like not a good message. But I think what's so extraordinary about this book is the first half of the book is a mirror to the second half of the book. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So the first half of the book, we've got Joe as a servant who's looked down upon by Grace mm-hmm. and pretty much everybody except for, uh, Hugh. And even Hugh is treating him as a servant. You know, he says, as uh, one of the things he says, as soon as the bombs go off, uh, you're, you're fired. You're going to be washing dishes to pay the rent. Right. Because there's no salary for you. And then, no, the, no,
2: he, he says, we're all going to be washing
0: dishes. Yes. Uh, nobody says that. And then he says, but he says to Joe, specifically, you're going to be fired and washing dishes. And then, then he says, everybody's going to be washing dishes. And the point being there is that we're all going to be equal and there isn't going to be an employee. But,
4: I, I mean, that's empl- what Hughes says but relationship. I mean, but it doesn't actually work out in practice. I mean, Joseph is even as second in command. Joseph is treated badly by Duke and his mother in particular. Yes. Although, although, although he's he's seen it, seen as lesser by. He's by even everybody. seen by
0: lesser uh, by Barbara oh, and Karen. Barbara, uh,
2: yeah, yeah Barbara because like admires is him and considers him an equal prospect to Duke, uh, which it's is just pretty horrible. Duke is horrible.
0: <laughs> So uh, it's, right,
2: uh, but uh, but n- neither of them strike a spark with her, you know. So she strike a yeah, they, they, like yeah.
4: Everybody Sean thinks you
2: sexy, it is. which, which yeah. feels
4: really, really, really wrong. Like, I have a spark with this guy, so I will sleep with my father.
2: What the hell? Yeah. Uh, no, no, not my father, my father figure, <laughs> my father figure. Thank you. right. yeah. My right.
0: my You're best right. friend's yeah. boy, uh, dad. My best friend's dad.
4: Uh, I mean, I i i, I consider consider this whole thing that. Like, to basically throwing over his wife for a younger woman really doesn't look great in the 21st century.
0: Well, uh, he he pretty much makes Grace um, like it, it it is a caricature in a sense that we, we never we never see anything from her point of view, and we see her acting irrationally, we would think, or acting unreasonably and crazily and drunkenly and but addictively. This is how
3: alcoholics act. Like, I come from a family with a history of alcoholism. Like, they're delusional. They don't yeah. face reality. They
0: solve uh, their problems by drinking. daily yeah, and.
3: If something is not the way they they think it should be, they just decide that it is the way they think it should be like it's it's a it's an irrational way of thinking that I think Heinlein actually captured extremely well in the character of Grace and I've never seen that in another Heinlein and I've rarely seen it in in uh, literature yeah. in general.
0: I uh, yeah
2: I didn't have a problem with how she was portrayed as an alcoholic. It's just that that was all she was.
0: That um, that that was all we, some people get, we he, so he
2: kept to remind us consumed by alcoholism that that is all there is. But remember, he, he tells see them. But it was just, you know, they were all cardboard characters. Hugh uh, tells her
0: story, though. <laughs> right. He he says, you know, she came from a rich family when she shacked mm-hmm. up with me, a lowly CB. Um, the family would dis- disown. Then when the baby came. The, they offered to reunite and the money and blah blah blah. But we lived in a one room shack with tar paper roof or whatever it is. And then, um, as, uh, and then he explains how she became, you know, decadent and you know, fussy and all the things well, that were yeah. problems. So, yeah, but he I says, you know, she like... was admirable at one point.
1: He he was I like she was she was a useful human being. She was a good human being when she had something to do. And then. And then when things got easy, you turned to pot, whereas he, the great man, built a bomb shelter and saved all humanity within
0: <laughs> reach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that is kind of uh, like that's something Heinlein did himself, right? Like he was a prepper; he did build a b- bomb shelter. He did I, I, I think mean, that supposedly this was at one
4: this- World Con. He talked about like, oh yeah, we're gonna have a nuclear war soon, and that's. And be he, ready he, and stuff. He, he, well, you know, a lot of people six,
2: felt that way. That yeah, yeah. in itself is, is not a bad trait for Heinlein to have, you know, to have, so sure that, this and have is, wanted uh, to sad. warn people. That that's not bad. That's not what I have a problem with. <laughs> well Yeah. <laughs> Even the female well,
1: characters. Barbara said Barbara says, Why do women have to become fat and useless? Like mm-hmm. that came out of a woman's mouth. Like how every how are you giving any, nothing good about the female characters at all? Zero.
0: It, I, 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 it is a mostly a Hugh book, for sure, and a Ponce and, book. And,
4: yeah, man, and aside from our core characters, we have one other female character we see in the entire book, and that's Kitty.
0: Uh, you mean She doesn't, doesn't have doc... a name
4: for her own, and for her major characteristic is she's spying oh, for Oh, Kitty.
0: A, oh, I thought you meant it. the uh, Dr. Livingston.
4: No, no, Kitty. Yeah. Yeah, no, Kitty, 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 yeah, Kitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So another thing you can tell this was written by Heinlein, right? Cannibalism, incest, kittens.
1: <laughs> you name your you name your female character kitten. Yeah. yeah. Well, she didn't have a name, I mean, right? No, she didn't no, have no, a no, name. She so she the name he gives her name. is kitten. Yeah. Like it's just infuriating.
0: <laughs> he is he is absolute. The good news, Misa, I've never read a Heinlein book that was worse than this. Okay.
1: Well, no, no, <laughs> I didn't finish Glory Road, Jesse
0: uh <laughs> I, yeah i think I, that is this i think you, yeah no i think i think you know you just caught uh, you you you're you're probably more prepped by heinlein now at this point but um did you guys catch it it's in here twice um also has the other hidden theme that i didn't notice you know at first in every book it's got transgender stuff
2: a couple I did of times. catch that. Uh, it was times. one of the pleasant surprises of rereading this book when um, Doc the cat uh, is pregnant, but yep. Karen keeps calling Doc a him and, quote, Doc thinks he is a boy cat, mm. and who am I to argue? That's, that's <laughs> pretty well, that's progressive, nice. actually, even <laughs> it's if hilarious. it's just not a cat, so it doesn't threaten your own human.
0: Uh, biases, yes. <laughs> but we right. get, we get some at the end too. I'm pretty sure there's something in Ponce's world. I, I've, i forgotten exactly where it is, but, um, that, uh, that idea, uh, that he's, pl- like, it's, uh, honestly, the, uh, 1964, um, and, and the farming, it's, it's fine. It's, you know, interesting, semi-interesting to see what Einlein yeah. thinks of 64. Semi-interesting. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting to see them, you know, reconstruct the world with a, a a few books and yeah, his argument. You know, books. Uh, what books? Books are money, and uh, you hey, don't. I, I, I'll, and like, I'll kill you, my son, if you take one no, of my books. You know, like,
3: that part's not interesting. No, like, no, it's uh, fine.
0: It's fine. But once we get the mirror universe of the future, and and just seeing this, seeing how the society is built, including copyright, right. Uh, he's, it's got all of, every kind of Heinlein theme you could want. And this world of this future, it's not capitalism. It's something, um, but it's really, it's a funhouse mirror view of capitalism and the United States because yeah. the, we've got the, instead of the white trash, we got the poor black trash, right? Who are the chosen because they're, this is a, uh. <laughs> not white nationalists. It's not a black nationalist. It's an international, planetary, uh, black supremacist, or whatever their version of black is, right, in this future world. And we should hate it. That's what's so cool about this, is he's created a funhouse mirror uh, that we should look at, you know, American society in 1964 and say, this is horrible. Right? Isn't that the cool yes. part about this book? Yeah, and
3: I I, mean, I agree. That's how I see it too.
0: It is very Jonathan Swift in that respect, right? Uh, I didn't see that the first time. I was just like, "Wow, it's in the future," uh, and because I, I, I guess I, I knew that there was some reverse. You know, Joe is our reverse character, right? He he goes from lowly status to instantly high status, and what did he do? He nothing. Is just his skin color.
3: Well, everybody in the book every single character except maybe kitten has an attitude that would be called like i got mine like everybody at some point shows an i got mine attitude mm. uh joe does like he's like well i'm at the top i got mine yeah he uh, like, he claims like, duke, that
0: it was his idea to get the cards and make yeah. make teams. Mm. Right? duke does mm-hmm. at the
3: beginning he's like well he's a Negro until he pulls a gun on me. And then, hey, he's,
0: yeah, exactly.
3: You know, that that's an, I got mine attitude. Yeah. Uh, even, even Hugh, he's like, well,
0: it's, I. Built it's my it. cave. It's, uh, yeah. Life exactly. mine, mine, it's mine. My, my mine. It's my rules. Mine. My machine gun. Joe's my deputy.
3: Yeah. So every single character in ponds, of course, he's like, well, I know that this system is wrong, but I'm in charge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I yes. um, I I I mean Ponce's
4: Ponce basically highlines attempt to do a futuristic enlightened Greek dictator of a city state kind of like you know like And
0: uh, and that's the Funhouse mayor of you. Right? Right. And and in fact the scene where Ponce suddenly, you know, sweeps in, swoops in and says, "Hey, guess what? I'm going to send you back in time for fun." <laughs> that's a well, parallel scene to Duke being granted to go live in a cave with his mom.
4: Well, it it feels, it feels like Highline stacking the deck. 100%. I mean, 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 let's consider if, if, if we didn't have the cannibalism and if Hugh didn't find out that his son got castrated, does Hugh want to leave this world? Even as a slave? I think the answer is no. I think, I think Highline purposely, Put this whole cannibalism thing in to force the the plot so that he will accept the time travel bet. I,
0: I, I there's a couple of things <laughs> I want to uh, mention about that. So the uh, I remember as a teenager, <laughs> I remember the castration scene being, or uh, the when he finds out about his son being castrated, um, I, I was I was shocked, like wow right cannibalism didn't surprise me as much as that but it shouldn't have shocked me because we already knew that it was coming in a certain sense mm-hmm. it's normal in because, society, it, because it nearly happened right?
4: at the beginning now get castrated at the start of, of, right. of their exactly of
0: the uh, well but also we find out there everybody uh, almost everybody's been tempered most people have had their thumbs taken off right or and, most and, men. Yeah,
4: and, and, and Memtak has had both, and he's proud and of it. And there are, there are he- not a lot
0: of old people around, so what's happening to all the sluts? Like, the thing is, is the stuff that's hidden from us as we uh, explore the society through Hugh's point of view, it's almost exclusively, like, if you think about it, it's like, what happens? Some European shows up with a ship. You find yourself in chains brought across the ocean in horrible conditions. Um, you are told you're a slave now, and you have to do what that guy over there says. And other people around you are also slaves, slave bosses. At one point, Heinlein's uh, got Hugh saying, I-, I went to an island in the South Pacific, and uh, so this would be a, like a blackbirding island, right? Uh, and saw a bunch of pale slaves being bossed by a black. And nobody believes me. So I stopped telling the story. And the thing is is he that's the point he's trying to make, and he actually says it right at the end, right that slavery is wrong no matter what race does it or for what ex what uh reasons it's always wrong. and he's he's making a very strong argument in this book. The problem is we miss it. Largely because he does these horrible incest. Daddy, I want to, I always (laughs) wanted to have sex with you. If I had to, I would love it. I'm a sex pot. And then. So. Yeah.
3: um, Just you you mentioned Ponce's little speech at the end before the time travel that. It was more like karen's uh incest speech earlier mm, mm. than uh it was like anything else because in both of them it was a bait and switch yes uh, pons is like well do you want to stay have your balls cut off and serve me or do you want to run away and they're like just kill us and he's like okay you can go travel through time and it's the same bait and switch it's like She's like, do you want to have incest with me? And she's like, well, you don't, well, I'm pregnant. You know, it's, it's, it's those two speeches were structured very similar.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it, he has a very annoying habit of making you infuriated. I wasn't as infuriated the second time. Um But uh, what were you going to say, Trish?
2: Um, well, uh, a number of things. There's actually, so much but, to say. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I actually did not hate this book as much the second time through as I did when I read it as a teenager. Uh, You finished it
0: as a teen, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, this time through the book comes through a lot more nuanced, um, to me, uh, or efforts at nuance anyway. Um, the, uh, 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 somehow my memories of having read it as a teen, I had conflated Barbara and Karen. And so I had thought that uh, the dad actually did have incest with his daughter. So I was somewhat relieved that that didn't happen. Um, uh, The nuances, uh, a a lot of the um, exploration of, you know, who should be on top and how you should act when you're on top. Um, uh, you know, things like sacrificing your, your hurt servants to escort you to, uh, you know, the halls of the dead or however mm-hmm. they put it. Um, that just little sentences like, uh, Pons is saying about the people living at the runaways in the mountains. It's very hard to save him, um, you know, to save them, you know, thinking of himself, Pons thinking of himself as a savior and saying, We are all free to walk our appointed paths. And uh, he comes off as somewhat sympathetic. Uh, You know, he was thinking that Ponza was not a villain, not a villain at all. He was exactly like the other, like the members of every other ruling class in history. Mm -hmm. Honestly convinced of his own benevolence and hurt if it was challenged. And I I think that a big reason uh, uh, Heinlein threw in the... um, uh, cannibalism at the at you know in the last third of the book was as a cheap clincher to the argument to make sure that i think you're said, pretty oh, no, he you're really sh- is evil he's evil Evil. I think, this whole society is evil. i think you're
0: pretty right about that as a possibility on the other hand heinlein was very interested in cannibalism in the same way that it was interested oh christine jorgensen that's she was literally mentioned in one of the letters right Christine Jorgensen is the... Sure, the, first, p- transgender, f- f- first, the first transgender... First famous transgender person, right? Yeah. Uh, an right. American soldier who went to Sweden to get a sex operation um, and came back as a celebrity, right? right. Um, so, uh, he was just interested in, in... Like, it shows up in... Probably in Job, at least, and, and it shows up elsewhere. I think maybe it even shows up in, uh, in By His Bootstraps. Um, uh, that, maybe that's what reminded me. Now, the thing is, is... Um, no, it's not by his books back
4: that Transgender shows up. It's
0: all oh, you zombies. No, tra- no, I was saying cannibalism. Uh,
4: oh, cannibalism? Yeah. Um, I don't remember that.
0: In a certain sense, um, uh, any time travel story where there's one character who's two characters is cannibalism in the same way as it's incest, right? Like, um, it's the same taboo for the same reason. Um, we need to uh, broaden our horizons than just have one character talking, you know, to himself all day. Which is, well, you know, largely what Heinlein is a lot of the times. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, one, one of the things that shows up in here, Trish, when you, uh, were talking about the nuance of a uh, rereading it the second time and seeing, seeing it, mm-hmm. um, that actually is in one of the letters as well. Uh, so if you are looking at the PDF, it's, it's handwritten, uh, probably not by Heinlein, but uh, I'll read the letter here. Darling. If you were here, I would love a literary gabfest, a good one. You know what I mean, I'm sure. Let's consider Edgar Allan Poe, for example. Allan is spelled wrong. Um, can you recall how I claimed that Poe was the best writer both to read and reread of all the mystery writers before or since? And there and there this was true and, and that this was true because he never could be milk dry on one reading? Question mark. Uh, the answer or answers in the gold bug or in that little gem, the murders in the Rue Morgue, or the case of the purloin letter or any of them. Same rule applies to them all. See uh, C- Cohen Cohen. C O H E N. I don't know you. Oh, when that's when, when you consider the very subtle way he had of slanting his meaning so that one reaches a full period in his sentences only after much thought, Poe is a grand fun and well worth study. Let us have our old literary talks by letter. How about Mark Twain next? Tired. Must go to bed. Love H. So they'd never had literary talks before, right? So he's sending a coded message to her. Um, mm-hmm. and, and interestingly, in the handwritten part, Alan is spelled wrong. But in the next paragraph, since Hugh had never discussed Edgar Allan Poe, spelled correctly, with Barbara at any time, he was certain that she would study the note for a hidden message. And then uh, the hidden messages. if you can read this, answer the same way, period. Um, uh, <laughs> so uh, that I mean, is, is uh, he's doing what he's telling us uh, that he's doing. And that's the sign of him having a hell of a lot of fun, right? He's I, telling I us to he, read he, this he... book that way.
4: Well, no, yeah, like I said, from the the Mendelsohn book, he's clearly writing, he's clearly tying into Swift and Twain and writing the satire, and you're supposed to read that as the satire. And I agree with that. I mean, I mean, also, also, uh, Melson points out, consider the name of the cat, Doctor Livingston. I presume. Hmm. I mean, that that kind of ties in, kind of foreshadows that we're dealing with uh, descendants of uh, Africans, because you know, Doctor Livingston went into the deepest part of Africa and. He and his family go into the deepest part of this new African polity. And, so,
0: and 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 the other thing to consider is that, like a lot of people want to dismiss it, but cannibalism is like a planetary thing, right? Like people do it all over the place. Now we don't do it mostly around here <laughs> 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 anymore, much. Right? There are some people who do it. Usually we think of them as the horrible people, the cannibal- well, well,
3: th- 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 S- serial killers. Every-
4: the- Theoretically, Jesse, every Catholic is accountable.
0: That's what uh, exactly my point. Like it's built right into the religion, right? And it's because you take in the divine, right? Now, in this case, in this book, um eating young women—it's a metaphor as well as an actual cultural practice, right? Uh, one of the things been you know, doing a lot of uh, origins of capitalism, piracy books, sort of thing with Evan. One of the things you notice about the, the period is that the metaphor of using slaves, it's like eating people's lives up, right? You use uh-huh. people up. And, yes. And the, the way that different slave mentality works, and we see a lot of that in the end of this book, right? Like, Joe wants to bring on Hugh as a manager of, of a factory, Um, and he says, and if you do that, uh, I will have some incentive to give you a decent, a decent life. Right. That's the same argument that slave owners in the United States made to their slaves. Right. I, not only I know better than you, but, um, you know, look, you're going to get some benefits from this. And maybe you'll even learn to read. And maybe your children will not be castrated. Maybe your children will not be separated from you. And all the, in that light, you know, seeing cannibalism as uh, a way to, like, like, it scares us more than it scares Heinlein, right? When we read that, when I read it the first time, it scared me more than, it sounded like it scared Misa. Heinlein isn't as afraid of it as we are. He's more afraid of Khrushchev uh, accidentally unleashing hell, right? That's why he's literally building a bomb shelter. Uh, I wasn't alive in 64. I was alive in the 80s when people were making movies about nuclear war all the time, scaring the shit out of me. And I did the calculations, what can I do? But I was a kid. I didn't have capital resources to start digging a bomb shelter in my backyard. So I don't know if he was, uh, obviously, uh, in our timeline, you know, the nuclear war didn't happen at that time. So uh, we're fine. But Hugh, if the bombs were going off, and the very first line of the book is, it's not a hearing aid, Right. Somebody had just asked him, what "What's that thing in your ear? You're old. Are you? Do you have a hearing aid?" He says, "It's not a hearing aid." And then he doesn't <laughs> want to talk too much about it because it bugs his wife. It's a. It, this is a very masterful book. The problem is he kind of misjudged what, his audience. Right? He thought they were sort of more sophisticated. When it turns out we're all teenagers except for myself. <laughs> 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 when we read it, right? <laughs> I yeah, assume, I, Jonathan, you are a teen? Uh,
3: when I read it, I, I don't know when I first read it. I most recently read it three or four years ago. Oh, okay. Um, wow, well, that's more
0: recently, years. yeah. Okay.
3: Um, but, um, you know, somebody said, uh, well, who's there to root for? Like, it's not a sporting event. It's no. It's a work of literary creation. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah, a
1: yeah, reflection
3: but of the society that we live in.
0: We did spend some time that, with them he,
1: Because the way he... The, like, you know, maybe maybe he's trying to be satirical, but there are so many lines, so many lines where it's not, there's no satire. It's just flat out terrible. When he it's says, not
0: funny, he, for sure.
1: Hugh says, um, I'm, I'm worried that Barbara's going to become a willing sex slave because that's what all women
0: become. Like, uh, that's just that's his preference. Yes. You know? Uh, like, that's a Heinlein. That's a Heinlein. Stepping into the room and stepping on his dick and falling down and we uh, we all think mm-hmm. like oh my god Heinlein why why do you do this to us we like you so much <laughs> why do you do this to us
1: You don't yeah, need to have somebody we... to root for. You need to have a reason to read. You like, got
0: through but, it. I'm impressed. You're you're uh, you, I'm proud of you.
1: Well, what
3: outrageous thing will Heinlein say next is a reason to read. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I think a lot of the criticism, you know, a few years ago there was a big tweet storm about uh, Heinlein. I I'm responsible for part of it. Um, uh, you know, like a lot of the, what people say bad things about Heinlein, I think a lot of it is memories of this book. Right, I know there's later books, uh, Sail Beyond the Sunset, and other things after his stroke but in the, the '80s. But this is this is the one that's most. It's usually Impulsive. the most hated, but I think, I, 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 I think I mean, there are people there are not reading it like we're carefully reading it here. Uh, uh, you do I, agree, said that it's a fun house mirror in Ponce's world, right? You oh, see? Oh, I that. do. Yeah. I do. So he, he's, he's trying to do something. He succeeded, but I think the problem is we get like going into the, funhouse mirror in the circus or whatever it is we we balk at the price and think that the the caller is an asshole uh, you know because he's rude and crude and he is what's interesting though is like at one point joe says um about i think it was karen um uh karen says um uh, she's sexing up her dad or something and she says, I'm, I'm just like a black mama or something like that. Yeah, she did. A mammy. Or that was a mammy. And mm-hmm. why did she do that? Because she's racist. And when Joe talks about that, he says she didn't mean anything by it. He's being forgiving in that scene, right? He's saying, look, what do you expect? And th- that's the extraordinary thing, right? When when Hugh, who is the Heinlein character, right? The most Heinlein character other than Ponce. Uh, Ponce is probably equally Heinlein, um, <laughs> which is horrible, so. right? Um, uh, uh, when when he has uh, – explains to Hugh, you, uh, you try going through Alabama oh, – was Mississippi or Alabama, right? Alabama. As a black man. <laughs> um, yeah. Right? The word and, and Negro he no is the digna, and he shouldn't have, right? Because right. that's Heinlein saying, you know what? I, I got to be modest here. I don't really have the experience. Um, but I'm. it's not going to stop me from writing this book. And if we didn't have this book, we couldn't hate Heinlein as much as we do. <laughs> but, but and we what need Joe that.
3: is – what joe's saying when he's forgiving karen is yeah karen did her thing when she was karen but i'm the karen now and yeah yeah, yeah. Them,
0: and that's thing. why we yeah. can't tell it from his you know, point forgive, of view. sure he's yeah. on the other foot now.
3: yes <laughs> i'll be i'll forgive the behavior
0: now that i'm entitled. <sighs> yes to, to <laughs> mm-hmm. that behavior. and it is an indictment, right, of the human humanity as a of human nature. yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, and it's when we when you read hg wells generally almost no none of his books you don't say, boy, these are really nice people and I like spending time with them, right? Because, you know, Griffin, uh, the main character of Invisible Man, is a monster. Uh, his assistant is a bum, right? We uh, d- don't love the landlady because she's, you know, so nice. She's just a character to fulfill the responsibility that is the, the indictment of the book. And that's true for pretty much all of Wells's, you know, uh, Prendick from Island of Dr. Moreau. He's not a better man than, than Moreau. He's just less con, he hides the things that he's doing from us better because he's not talking about himself. He's talking about, uh, Moreau and what Moreau did, right? And, and so, yeah, this is unusual because we normally we root for Heinlein's YA characters, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Hugh is like the least shitty character. And that's, and he's not perfect, right? He does have a temper. He, he deals. I hate, I hate Heinlein's brinkmanship. He thinks this is the way to solve problems. You, you say, if you don't follow my rules, I'll shoot you, son.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's no way I to solve know.
0: family he's problems. He's
2: very big on
4: life light bulb <laughs> rules. And it's almost like he glee's and like, I'm the captain of this light bulb and I'm, you're going to do what I say. Yeah. And, yeah it's, and I have a gun to back it up.
0: Yeah. And, and it's Jenna, because I'm prepared. I read a book. Yeah. I, I'm always reading books. I value books. Books are valuable. You have to agree <laughs> with me. If you don't, we're dead. Uh, or you're dead. And uh, so like all of that said – the th- one theme that's in here that is not mentioned in any other Heinlein book, I, I can't, re- I can't remember, is a big part of the book. It's bridge. Yeah. Holy oh crap! God. So much <laughs> bridge talk. <laughs> right. Everybody's obsessed with bridge. Uh, contract <laughs> bridge, end-
4: even seen- to the end. I've <laughs> seen
3: games show up in Highline. The the last one we did, the six-column chess Mm -hmm. plays a big part. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which this
0: is a little bit like too, right? Six-column? It's It's about to take over the United States by... Yeah, yeah.
3: It's the same scene, because they're playing chess with the ruler in six-column, and they're playing bridge with the ruler here um, in, in this one. Um, remember at the end of sixth column, he's like, "What is that chess move that uh, yeah, I've been listening in on?" You, you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's the same scene. He's like, "What is that bridge move?" But but the thing is, bridge is such a stupid game. It's it's <laughs> like an old lady game. It like, is a it, social, it's social satirizing game. American yeah. society here. Yes, it's just that he's having them play such an idiotic and insipid game.
0: <laughs> I I I. I... I mentioned this on the podcast before. Maybe Paul remembers. It's not super interesting. Other than uh, for me, it was significant. One of my grandmothers, she was a uh, world champion, uh, yeah. a bridge player, right? Um, she, uh, she would go to, you know, play it at famous places around the world. She was like a, um, stay-at-home mom, sort of, but that was her passion. And at one point, I asked her, like, because I found out how famous she was as a bridge player, will you teach me how to play bridge? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's because that was her personality, right? Like, she's a nice lady and everything, but I'm not going to waste my time teaching stupid but, kid how but, but to but play they, my, they, my amazing wait, game.
4: there's a stride, stride, there's a stratum of Americans, especially from the 50s through the 70s and 80s, well, that was a lot of their social functions. Like I think I told 100%, you, at the same time we were about that, my aunts, my aunts and my mother loved to play progressive rummy and were absolute card sharks. And a yes. few times I played with them, I
2: got my ass handed to me.
0: Yes. So and um,
2: other people get obsessed with mahjong or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, so yeah, I don't think it's insipid. It's I mean it's it's a
4: social. So, so, because there's there's a lot there's a lot of I mean you're trying to fill fill contracts and strategy I mean it may not be interesting in some other games the it's book. also very much a <laughs> okay. social thing it's not
3: interesting people. to read about Oh agree
4: that'll buy that'll buy you. there are a few games that are interesting to but it read is about. so
0: 1964 like if you're a Heinlein's age in 1964 mm. right um, um my my grandmother she she uh, one of the most famous people who played bridge was a guy named omar sharif everybody knows who he is because he was in mm-hmm. movies, i do right he was involved with like in the 80s there was like uh bridge computer games you know or like you play bridge on, uh-huh. on the disc or whatever cd-rom and he his face would be on the cover i'm like why is the guy from <laughs> from that movie on the cover oh it's because he's <laughs> famous as a bridge guy he has a second life so. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, there were columns on bridge in the newspaper. Oh, yeah. Like it was huge. On Bridge or whatever into the, certainly into the nineties. Um, hundred percent. And
0: it, it's gone, right? Like there are people who will still play bridge, but they do it as a social activity. Now, mm-hmm. the way people do it now is they go on online and watch people stream or they play games online with other people. It's a, it's a, so, you know, I, I play games with people who play with their kids online you know th- dad and son or grandpa are playing the same game that's a social thing to do so uh, the time has passed it dates this book but it's also like the fact that when he gets into the future and they don't know what bridges and they don't have playing cards and ponce I- gets excited about it that's the mirror of of the of hugh and his life and almost it's like i, I can imagine Heinlein getting together with his wife, Ginny Heinlein, and, uh, Anne and, uh, Alan E. Nourse. (laughs) They've got to play bridge. They play bridge. And they, you know, they make these, uh, the kind of conversations that happen at the card table. Right. Very insipid.
2: (laughs) Right. Not. Yeah. I I mean. Um, my daddy on. taught me to play hearts, and uh, uh, I you know I understand the social appeal, but at the same time, why do you have a social game where you have to be playing a game? Can't you just sit around and have a conversation?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, there is this amazing thing that happens, right? So why <laughs> why do we have to have a book to talk about to do a conversation? right the thing is is it gives shape to it it gives an excuse to it Mm -hmm. and that is really important one of the things that this book is also about is about marriage as usual another hindline theme this this is one of the richest books i can't think of one that's richer right now like i really like you know moon is a harsh mistress but it's not really it has marriage in it but it's not um it's got sort of a um broader theme about what what is freedom and this book is that too but he's got an answer in there that's very very specific right it's the american revolution um that's what it is in a certain sense um anyhow he dresses it up and does other things especially with marriage in that one but in this one he's he's got this funhouse mirror and his target is racism freedom is involved in that And because it's tied into slavery and that, you know, American history and all that stuff. But it's a, this is a very, very good book. It's just, it's got some serious stumbling blocks that were caused by Heinlein being Heinlein. (laughs) um, Horrible.
3: about teaching the people of the future bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, part of this book is almost certainly an answer or a parody or whatever of a Connecticut Yankee and King. Arthur's oh court. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I've, I, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen totally that right. in other high. I guess that's too.
0: Joe, Joe playing the main role there because we don't see, we, we, you know, the well, wizard. You
3: see it in glory road, in glory road. There's a scene. It's the one with, um, the poem that I told you about the Congo by Vatchel Lindsay.
0: Oh uh, yes. That yes. scene right.
3: is lifted Exactly, from a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. He must but have read it,
0: this, by the way. Yeah, Heinlein, it, uh, no, I, I want to tell you, uh, so you told me about that poem. I started reading it, and I'm like, oh, my God, right? Yeah, Um. Great. But But uh, when I went to look up who the guy was, because I was trying to understand the poems, like, why is it like this? He was this? a performer.
3: Yes. He, he performed this.
0: But he, he also sing. wrote a short story, which I dug up and processed. It's called The Golden-Faced People it's uh yes. from 1914 um in a magazine called The Crisis which uh is subtitled A Record of the Darker Races published by the NAACP <laughs> right so this is a white man a rich white man in the United States publishing a story in a black magazine he's a, but he's, he's anti-racist he thinks, yeah, but he comes across thing. as a racist right but
3: that's that's because of We're looking at it from, like, a different period of time. In his period of time, he was a big equality anti-racist guy. When Uh, I read Heinlein
0: in, like, 1980 or whatever, no, probably 1983 or something like that, when I read Heinlein, I was like, oh, my God. But if I read it in 1964, I think I would probably say, "Uh uh-huh. A lot more no. and a lot less. Heinlein
3: was pushing people's buttons in 64. Yeah, but, uh, but
0: but that's because I'd be still to become, me. He was but trying the to be society would be different. Absolutely. He is 100% pushing people's buttons. But I wanted to tell you about this story called The Golden Face People. It's subtitled A Story of Chinese Conquest of America. So this is a standard science fiction trope. Even Heinlein wrote a, a novel where this happens. Somebody from the present day, when the story is written, travels into the future and finds society changed into a funhouse mirror um i just read the or i'll summarize the opening chapter it's called the trouble with the laundry man so what happens is the main character um is he, he's trying to get some laundry from his laundry man because it's lincoln's birthday and he wants to go to a banquet it, lincoln is dead but they're celebrating lincoln's birthday in 1914 and because he's a freer of the slaves right so he goes to the laundry man. The laundryman says, "You can't have your stuff now. The place is closed." Um, the guy jumps over the turnstile or whatever and tries to get his clothes, and the Chinese man, the laundryman, hits him in the head with a broomstick. When he wakes up, he's in the year 20- 2,805. And subs- uh, in the intervening period of time, the United States has been taken over by the Chinese. The Chinese keep white people and black people uh, on different levels. Um white people are at the bottom rung. They were the slaves until very recently. Um there was a, a very uh s- strong American called Lin Kon, and it's spelled like two na two, two parts and it his name is Chinese, right? Um <laughs> and he was a backwoodsman who freed the slaves. Right? Like, it's a funhouse mirror of the United States and 1914. So you're reading it and it's talking about this Chinese laundryman. You know, it sounds racist. He sounds racist, but is anti racist. Just like Heinlein. That's the one. It's in the chat. So uh, that's that's what's so extraordinary about this book. Now, there's no <laughs> setting aside the racism, which I think we can yeah. semi-forgive, uh, just, you know, Heinlein being Heinlein and it, written in 1964, and he's trying to make it gritty and real. Um, there's still the incest problem. The cannibalism, I think, is actually more explainable because cannibalism is a real thing. It happens around or has happened around the world um, a lot. And when you know uh soccer teams get crashed in the andes we forgive them but that's actually not the normal kind of cannibalism it's ritualistic right it's like <laughs> jesus or it's like um your ancestors, On our, one's
2: ancestors or your enemies to, you know assimilate their virtues
0: people do it in war as well but yeah i mean it's probably a, not a healthy practice uh as, but it, just like incest, right? It's probably not a healthy practice, but Heinlein points out that it's been, you know, it's a tradition of the, the kings of, um, Hawaii, right? They practiced marrying their sisters. So did, um, uh, the kingdom, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Cleopatra. The, the well, the Egyptians yeah. did. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: And, uh, or and, and rather, we get whole- the
3: pharaohs
2: did. I don't know how
3: common
0: it may have been in. so did the royal families of europe yeah usually it wasn't the directly sister it usually just you know your first cousin
2: a lot of first cousins yeah yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, but that was but that was uh, that was uh, for political purposes right um the cannibalism that happens in here is i think for satirical purposes because he's trying to make a point about you know where we eat every part of these people we use them as sex objects we keep them dr- the drug ad- aspect was very interesting and he doesn't really make a case like one of the things that's missing from this is religion
5: mm-hmm.
2: right yeah, I, I i was interesting I, oh, the only, well they actually do talk quite a bit about religion and how the quran has been distorted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that you know the the actual quran
0: S- same with same yep yeah, and that and, goes back uh, to the bible being used Uh, Mm -hmm. with slaves, but it's pretty like he, it's, I was thinking about there are two ways of reading this and Heinlein mixes them in, right? It is not 100% pure Jonathan Swift. It is also science fiction because him talking about what the happiness is made out of, right? Mm -hmm. Is, uh, just the second all, right? And don't take too much second all. Right. And the alcohol and their drugs are better than ours, as in they're more insidious. Right. And not
2: so much it, side effects. Yeah. Yeah. And, effects and the side effect more. is you
0: you you get sleepy and you're happy and uh, castrating people. Cal- I mean, literally, it calms people down. Right. That's why they do it and i'm not sure i'm not sure how big a practice that was in the united states under slavery but i can't assume it was zero i'm i'm uh, there's probably a whole hidden history there that's you know sort of been left out but i can't assume well, it was I haven't zero
2: i have read about it being an institutional practice in in the south but it i can certainly believe that it would have happened as a punishment
0: one one of the uh, yeah as a as a way of controlling because what what is the term right buck what does it mean? Mm-hmm. It means exactly. Yeah. And so the word slut, which is used a lot in this book, um, it, we become almost immune to it after a certain point. Um, and that's actually really interesting. Like there are vocab words in English that we think of a winch. Right. We think that is, oh, that's slutty. Right. It literally just means girl, woman. It doesn't mean anything. Or the original meaning. But because it has the context where we use it only now when we're talking about tavern wenches or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Slot sounds horrible. Um, but that's because that's how, you know, in our world, that's how it's used. The world that he's set up here is so fascinating. I could have read a much longer book just set in that world. I think it's one of his best creations. It's so right? interesting.
3: You know, something just occurred to me, mm-hmm. which is like the the chosen women are so oppressed that we never even meet one.
0: Just kidding. Yeah. Except, just kidding. Oh yeah, yeah. She's not chosen. Kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not chosen. You're, you're right. right.
3: Chosen women. You're right. Yeah. yeah. We, we meet. We meet the sluts. Maybe. Maybe like, it's uh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. He he he, he mentions uh, he mentions his uh boss mentions his wife and. It basically says, Yeah, he doesn't spend much time with her and leave Yeah. Who would
2: want to live with his wife, he says. Right, (laughs) exactly. Thank
3: you.
0: And it is a it's a breaking up of the atomic family that literally is he's trying to reform, right? He's making a generational change with his family. His first family's dead. He's starting a second family, but he's trying to reconstruct the family atomic unit. And this society, right, everything is is different. And the fact that he presents that world so thoroughly they he really thought it through that's the science fiction part it's not just the funhouse mirror part and and you're right jonathan pointing out the missing um chosen women it's mm-hmm. almost like how white women were tr- uh, thought of traditionally in the south right that they are oh how dare you right we see with um uh, to kill a mockingbird right you can't qu- you can't these are these are uh, precious in resources the, that blah blah blah. In
3: the South, the white women ran the household. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the household here, and we don't see any black women.
0: That's right; right. they're all males who've been castrated. What?
2: They're all walled up in the harem, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, the sluts uh, quarters, I, right? I, I, I bet while, while, while the
4: while the uh, while the uh, while well, the chosen men can sleep with sluts all they want, I bet chosen women don't get to sleep with bucks anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't
0: I, I, know. No, I don't know. Can chosen I, I, men sleep with any women they want? They they get uh, to choose. Like, think about who uh, Ponce chooses, right? Grace. Why? Why does he why, choose why, her?
4: Why, why to learn to to learn English and learn
5: well, the turns, culture?
0: But we we find out later that she's like a, She's working against uh, her. Husband, right? Or right. Original husband. No, but, but no, no, but it's I, also I, I think, he's cuckolding. He's cuckolding uh, uh, for Hugh. Yes, I don't absolutely. think he
2: cares about that. I,
0: I think no, I yeah, agree. Yeah, that, that, he that's does as a, a character, but as a as a plot device, that. Well, yeah. But
4: sure. but also consider the, consider the nephew because because uh, Barbara says, oh yes, the nephew asks for sluts. They cry when they're asked, and they cry even more right. when they come back. Right. So. But I, bet, but I bet the chosen women don't get to do the same thing. It's it's, it's, it's oh, a, no. this is this is a sexist as hell society. Oh, it's not it's no
0: paradise. But it's not sexist uh in, in only one way. It, is it a uh, masculine controlled society? Kind of. No, no, oh,
4: well, absolutely it, it is. I, I, I mean, kind yes, of. But yes, you also inheritance.
0: That's right. Goes,
4: inheritance goes through the nephew, but otherwise yeah. women don't have power. They only have power as in that they can we never the see the mothers it. of the era. Right. Speaking
0: of things we never see, what's the name of the main major domo servant guy who's his boss? Uh, Mentok. Mentok, right. So he's actually quite a good character and interesting. We see actually a little bit from his point of view, I think. Yeah, um, he's interesting. He sure. often is talking about how this is just like a cabin in the woods, right? This is like a, a, yeah. a vacation estate. When you see the palatial you know, actual house while being run off my feet at all times and, you know, Mm -hmm. braggadocio about his how important his job is, you will really see how things are. That is so tantalizing. That's why this is like, (laughs) this book is so good because that world he's created is so different from ours. And when you have 2,000 years pass, some things are going to be radically different. Heinlein's, you know, little, you know, lights that turn on and he doesn't know how they work. Um, that's interesting and stuff. But it's the social stuff in the same way that Moon is a harsh mistress, you know, is the line marriage. This what's, is so different and so good because of that. What,
3: what's great about Mentok is that he's a middle manager. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm his job is to be like in between the chosen and the slaves and he hates them both. Yep. He right. despises the slaves because they're not as smart as him and they don't serve the chosen as well as he think they should, and so he, he hates them. But he also resents the chosen for being above him. And then at the end, there's the little Heinleinian genetics racism thing where we learn that Mentok has some uh, blood in him,
0: right? That's
3: mm-hmm. uh, free or whatever. And Ponce and Ponce is talking fine.
0: about how these wild wild people from the outside, we need to improve the stock, right? The, they and have their and, own yeah. eugenics system that they're Working on,
4: yeah. It's one uh, other I,
2: you mentioned. Tantalizing things, mm. Jesse. There was a sentence everybody knew that there were men somewhere in the stars. Right, and th- you know, yep. is is that just a fable or
0: no? Is there
2: actually a star? This is set in the same universe humans. as all the
0: YAs, right? So I was looking at the list of ones we haven't done. Time for the stars. That's actually mm. one of the reasons I thought of that. Is uh, another theme that's, that's always in Heinlein, like if you were going through a checklist of things in Heinlein, is twins. Yeah. Right. So we yep. got two boy twins. There's also Castor and Pollux from Space Family Stone, aka The Rolling Stones. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a checklist of things that he's interested in and what does it mean? Like you get a sense like how was Heinlein raised? Right? So maybe that's in the Farrah Fer- Mendelssohn book where we get hints about how how Heinlein was raised and you no know, what no, no. what his she, parents she, she
4: are she talks like She more about she about she's his, all about his, the, work, his books his work yeah. not about his biography
0: that's what she, i'm saying is she's not really is i yet. think I, well, I i i think we don't know right he, he doesn't he was a pretty private man for a pretty public man right um so the fact that he was interested in bridge you wouldn't know that from any other book chess yes
3: you know bridge I, uh, no there's a uh, like in, in New York at that time, if you wanted to be a science fiction writer, um, Horace Gould had a poker game, and you had to go there to his he's apartment. He's the editor for of Saturday, uh, in order to be like part of the in group uh, of he's Galaxy not coming science to you
0: because he's a shut in.
3: <laughs> yeah, he was an, he was agoraphobic. He didn't yeah. leave, so yeah. the only time you could see him was Saturday when he opened up his apartment for a poker game. And all the who's who of science fiction writers were there every Saturday. GM and Carl even and other Paul and,
0: like, and, yeah, all and of all
3: them. The, even like other intelligentsia in New York would stop by to hang out. And it kind of reminds, I mean it's a different game. it's poker, bread, very different. But I kind of thought like, like Heinlein doesn't live in New York. Um, he it's lives- a
0: couple's thing, right? It's a real... Yeah, he lives in the Colorado. He's living very far away. You get together with another childless couple, right? Or a couple whose children are already grown. But in this case, a childless couple. And you make it a social event, right? There's some a little bit of food. There's a little bit of drink. There's uh, some worry about what's Khrushchev and uh, whoever's president, uh, JFK, uh, are doing, right? No,
3: it's, uh, it's the next one. It's LBJ.
0: Yeah, in 64 it'd be LBJ. LBJ. Who? Um, oh, by the way, I read a really interesting thing about LBJ. Um, he got a silver star. Um, he was, uh, I want to say, Ooh. he was. Well, uh, I, I was in one of these old pulp ma- and uh, man's magazines. Like, LBJ got a silver star. Why did you know? He was like, uh, he was actually a, a uh, congressperson at the time, but he was in the reserves during World War II. And um, he went to the Pacific uh, and got on some American uh, bomber uh, things to do, like an inspection tour, you know, see what's going on before they drop the A-bombs. And um, the airplane that he was in got shot up. He didn't do anything. But he survived and came back with a silver star.
3: Well, you know, that reminds me. uh, I wanted to talk about Duke in, like, two different ways. Okay. And one of them was Duke is LBJ. Because Mm. Lyndon B. Johnson, privately, publicly, he was Mr. Civil Rights. He did the Voting Rights Act, the Civil Mm -hmm. Rights Act. He sent the troops to Alabama to open up the school. First time federal troops invaded the South since the Civil War. Mr. Civil Rights privately he was Mr. racist.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did
3: not like the blacks. He uh, he was doing it because it was what he was suppo- the thing he was supposed to do because he took over for, for Kennedy or
0: whatever reason. because yep. um, it was popular. Uh, well but, it, or there needed un- to be something done, right? That situation was untenable. Yeah,
3: he, he, it's it's complicated why he did the civil rights. Lincoln, the the
0: story racist. is very in- similar, right? Uh, so, obviously he, he gets a better rap. Uh, our rep, um, yeah, but
3: but that's that's Duke. Like publicly, Duke is very liberal. Privately, Duke is very racist.
0: He, and, do you think that's because because he's a mama's boy? Like, what's the explanation for him being such a suck up to his mom? Is it's not <laughs> just they, Oedipal, Right. Both
2: they kids have he, their problems uh, because they were neglected. I mean, Hugh uh, admits that he worked long hours even after he didn't have to. Uh, because that's just what he felt like doing basically. Um, and, uh, so the kids grew up basically just under Grace's influence, not, not, uh, his. And she was obviously prejudiced and And also
0: neglected by his, yeah. And he was never
2: around to counteract that.
0: Karen's problem being that she's uh horny for dad. What's the story? Like what, how she fucked up. Other than that, I don't think she is right. <laughs> well,
2: she's also racist.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so.
2: maybe not as racist as Duke, but, but
0: she's she she's not she's doing it because she thinks it's cute. So
2: basically, yeah.
3: Heinlein looked at the uh, diagnostic statistical manual when, um, I mean. This is a little un PC this is extremely unpc what I'm about to say. But uh just looked no. at like <laughs> what does the DSM say causes homosexuality?
5: Uh-huh.
3: Um uh absent father and a domineering mother. So he gave the kids an absent father and a domineering mother and basically made them gay. Um, like Duke Like he's described as handsome, he could have a woman, but there's just something off about him that the women notice that they don't want him for whatever reason. He doesn't look.
0: We don't like him. We don't like him either,
3: right? But the dad is like, why doesn't Duke ever take any opportunities with women? I wouldn't pass that opportunity up. Like right at the beginning, proposes to Barbara. Yeah, he says. He says over and over, why? why doesn't duke uh take his opportunity like duke is is a closeted homosexual be- hmm. based on the dsm uh, guidelines of 1964 and caring yeah
0: maybe i mean he doesn't really he he does sort of talk about getting married right but, but it's
3: it's it's like in the abstract like he has something going hmm. on that he's not telling them hmm. about. He's not saying it. He's not interested in the women. He might say he is, but he doesn't act like he is.
0: Yeah. How old is he? Because he's he's got a he's he's in law school. Yeah, he's in law school, right?
3: I think he's finished. I think, think he's graduated. just finished.
0: Then just he's finished. finished. He's living with dad. So he's got to be 20- 20- No, no, he is. He, no, he has his own apartment, right? No, he lives with his dad. No, he has his own apartment because he says, "Uh, when yes. you moved out, uh, and it was yeah. recently, right? Some some no, recent he- period." When, when you moved, moved out, uh, well, he, he he does move in with his dad's um, bomb shelter, but no, there's a, I'll control F it and find apartment. Yeah, he
2: was definitely living on his own before uh, the 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 bombs, the bombings.
3: No, I, I think he he had just moved into his dad's
0: before the bombs. I'm gonna no gonna I don't find it, so. prove it to you. Because I okay. remembered as distinctly as I Trish. thought he said I mean I, was, I
3: thought he said when you moved back in uh, we promised to live as friends.
0: When you moved into your own apartment, we agreed to live as friends. Mm-hmm. He's saying that you're yeah. no longer my son. you're a friend as right. my I'm friend your opinions are welcome she does, she but does that doesn't adult yeah. as right. as my friend, your opinions are welcome but that does not make you free to interfere between your mother. My wife and myself. So this is actually a very interesting dynamic, right? Because there, Hugh has a huge problem. His wife is a lush, right? Mm -hmm. She's racist. He's he wants to honor and cherish her and do his best. And you're right, this book is all about alcoholism, right? There's so many scenes where he, the, the the father and son are fighting about what how to take the take the alcohol out of her hands, right? First of all, you can't do it because you have to respect her as a person and her dignity. And second, it doesn't work, right? Because alcoholics will always find alcohol.
3: And third, we're libertarians, so we can't just read <laughs> <with it. laughs>
0: uh, Right. Actually,
3: why I like the book because coming from a history of alcoholism, and I've read other novels that deal with it, but uh, this is actually probably the best book I've read that deals with the issue of alcoholism. It's um, very good, like in the family. Like it's it's incredible, and I've never seen that in any other Heinlein before.
0: Uh, It makes you wonder about his uh, his personal life. You know he loved his cats, because he ain't going to never stop telling you about that.
3: Like, let me, like, like just like a few years ago, um, like, my mom's, like, total, like, a total grace. And, um, like, so, when pandemic watch, uh, happened.
0: Watch out for the pa- scissors, bud
3: when the pandemic happened um my mom got like really into like pro-vaccine pro-mask pro-social distancing all of that while my brother got hardcore like anti-mask anti-vaccine anti-social distancing covid is fake so the two of them got into a huge fight Mm -hmm. over like my brother wouldn't get the vaccine and my mom wanted him to get the vaccine Mm -hmm. so what my mom eventually did was just decide that my brother had gotten the vaccine wow she went around oh. saying, like, oh, it's so wonderful. My son Jeffrey gets all the vaccines, like, just like mm. that, like, constantly. Self-delusion. And so finally I asked my mom, like, why do you keep on saying oh, No, it's not true. And she said, it's because I need to believe that it's true. Like, yeah,
0: that's, that's, sad. that's
3: what alcohol does to people. It makes them not want to face reality as they see it hmm. to be delusional. Yeah. And that's exactly what Grace was doing. Yeah, she's They're saying, call cool.
0: a doctor, call a doctor. She knows there's no yeah. fucking doctor like, there. Like,
3: that's exactly what an alcoholic would do if there was no doctor and they needed one. They yeah. would just pretend that they could get a doctor and blame somebody else.
0: Uh, Maisa, so when you're reading that scene, I, I didn't remember that scene perfectly, you know, in the intervening 20 years in between reading. But um, mm-hmm. did you think that uh, Karen was going to die? As the, you um, know, the towards the end is... of
1: it i towards the end of it i did but yeah actually yes before before she went into labor he was was saying you know everything is so wonderful things couldn't be any better <laughs> structurally all these babies coming yeah. so then i was like okay this baby's gonna die like yeah. there, that was like okay q terrible did, thing right
5: yeah. um
1: so so i you know but then i slightly forgot for a second when she went into labor, and he was like, Oh, this is all I'm gonna do. This. this is so easy. Um, and then, yeah, she was gonna die.
0: I, I did. And when, really, yeah. and when Ponce tells oh. Hugh that we went and dug up your, your daughter, uh, mm-hmm. we were very respectful. I brought a priest, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the hints that, that, um, there is a religion out there, you know, a priest. Uh, I mean, we know that the, the Bible, well, not the Bible, Quran's in there. But, yeah, people are misinterpreting it or whatever. And then he says, but we put every atom back, right? Like, mm-hmm. one of the interesting things is these are not, this is not like a throwback society where they lost all their tech and now they just rule. But they actually have way better tech than we it. do, right? Yeah, I mean, Way they have better. Cars. They have flying cars, but... They also have like, you know, light that the, the, work the, the, without
5: source.
3: Yeah. He also makes mention, like, we could go to the moon anytime we want, but why would we?
0: There's nothing there, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's, they're, it's, they're, they're, they're kind of stuck and they, they talk stagnant. about how the scientists don't, haven't come up with anything in a long time, right? Um, they're, they're, uh, tamed scientists and their um, chosen scientists just haven't come up with anything. So we need to have, uh, you know a little bit of dynamism there and that's what mm-hmm. Hugh's good for and translating so like if uh, wh- one of the cool things about reading from Hugh's point of view is a lot of times we don't know how he feels but we're being led down a garden path towards like how we think he should feel and then the conversation happens and you realize oh he's he's had a different emotion than we thought he did right and that's really good writing because when he's translating the book, um, and he's you know sort of stabilized and he's coming up with a plan to communicate with Barbara and kittens, you know, he's, he's training her. Like, we don't know how he feels exactly. There are hints, but when he talks to Ponce, um, and he pulls out that same language that's used in um, in uh, six column. Right. We're talking to the formal language of talking to the superiors.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Very, very good writing. So, like, yeah, people want to rank this book low. And I agree that there are some horribly difficult scenes where you just roll your eyes and throw your phone across the room sort of scenes. But, uh, you know, it gets so good with with that world. Um, I'm really looking forward to e- Evan's show because he's, he's doing a lot of good work with his podcast talking about H- Heinlein. Um, just like reading them back to back to back and then analyzing for themes. Um, this one's so rich in themes, right?
3: You know, I would have cut um, the whole thing about leveling the uh, the uh, shelter. Um,
0: it I've was very boring in the sense that it's it's just like Heinlein prose, right? It's uh, you know, it's getting stuff done, and it's we like boring, that, but not it's not idea rich.
3: But it's also like I have no idea, like I can't visualize why the shelter was on a 30 degree angle I can't visualize how so he could have that they scene fixed
0: it with dynamite. <laughs> yeah no no it's all explainable by like there's similar scenes in tunnel in the sky where they're figuring out the cave is the wrong place um we sh- should do this here like he's showing like people can make mistakes right and uh how to solve these problems right they have a a pen for wild animals, uh, and then there's a – or the wild animals come through, right, in a sort of commute to the beach or whatever. <laughs> and and we don't know about that until it happens. And that's kind of what – Heinlein's I'm kind of making an argument about, like, you can prep and prep and prep. And, my God, the list of things he has in that bomb shelter, it goes on forever, right? Like, he's yeah, planning – had- it, it, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like prepper porn. It is prepper porn, but you also say, like, so one, one of the amazing things is the list of books. Um, uh, and a lot of them are like, he wanted to have ammonia and, uh, what was the other ingredient to make dynamite? Nitrate? Uh, no, no, no. It was, um, um mercury and it wasn't mercury. It was ammonia and, uh, oh, iodine, right? To make, to make, yeah, to make, dynamite. make an explosive. Yeah. Right. So, why? Because he might need to blow up bridges. Because he's thinking this is like going to be a Wolverine style. Uh, and I don't mean the Red Dawn.
4: He, he's he he's thinking Red Dawn. Yeah, he's thinking. No, Red no,
0: Dawn. He, I he's mean- thinking the original. Like, it, isn't it funny that John Millius Isn't it John Milius wrote the script? Wolverines is the Nazis uh, stay behind in World War II. right? They they were the guys up in the mountains hiding from the Allies. <laughs> that, that they were like. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, because, but, right? Well, because they're, they're the Nazis. Cool. They're the bad guys. But in, if your country is occupied, you want to strike back at the oppressor. Um, you need a, you know, a secret society. And he, he was, he was, uh, the Heinlein stand and Hugh was planning to do an uprising, not just survive the apocalypse, but do an uprising after the apocalypse, right?
4: Yeah. He's ready. He's ready to fight for America.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really, I mean, in a sense, this is like a, a Red Dawn prep book, right? <laughs>
2: well, yeah, it's very unfortunately also kind of a inspiration for white supremacist survivalists. Uh, you know, you better build your shelter because... Bad elements are taking over the country. Well, pre- a prepper uh,
0: yeah. for sure, but uh, yeah, um, you know, you know, since, this
2: book could serve as an example of what would what could happen if quote those yeah. people quote ever uh, get in power. Yeah, yeah.
0: well, yeah, you know, people, people, you know, who you teach to fish. Uh, might teach other people to fish who are Nazis or something, but nope. he he isn't he isn't being white supremacist in this book. He's um, saying the I'm not first half. The yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, the first half is a white supremacist.
2: A lot and a lot of people, you know, a, a number of white supremacists have called themselves freeholders in partly in homage to this.
0: Probably there's a lot of libertarians, right? <laughs> More than <laughs> white supremacists. But the first half of the book is white supremacist society. Well, the back half of the book is a uh, colored or black or Negro, but not really society because they're also Indian. Right? So, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, though, so he's saying, you know, neither is good. But the list
4: He's saying neither is good, Jesse, but the arc, of, the arc of the book and the revelation that, oh, my God, they're cannibals. Ponce is not even, not even a benevolent dictator. He's an evil dictator. And Joseph is ungrateful. It's clearly pointing, whether Highlight intended it or not, it's pointing towards white supremacy as we got to protect ourselves because if those people ever get in power, this is what they'll do. So yeah, but that's not in power. this book.
0: That's yeah, no, no, plays uh, plays away racial with it.
2: stereotyping it plays, that. Oh, mm-hmm. they're, they're they're just cannibals. They're you know the savages well, they're, 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 they're that we always
3: thought they were. Yeah, if you want to make that argument, I think the book it would be more accurate to say it says it's human nature that whoever is at yes. the top uh, is going to oppress that's the lower
2: So if I I know that's Heinlein's argument, but it plays into uh, unfortunately. I,
1: it's just so sad. It's prejudices. just it's just so depressing. The whole thing is so depressing. Like nobody's worth. Nobody. Nobody will do the right thing. Okay, right. So on. I
2: would say nobody needs to read this book who is not a <laughs> student of genre history.
0: Um <laughs> We're not wrapping up yet because I want to read. The, I want to read the list of books here. Okay. This is important. All right. All right. This is the. So this is on uh, of the PDF. It's on page fifty. Um. Here it is. He felt sudden grief. That abstract knowledge of deaths of millions had not given him. Somehow, the burning of millions of books felt more brutally obscene than the killing of people. All men men must die. It was their single common heritage. But a book needed never die and should not be killed. Books were the immortal part of man. Book burners, m dash, to rape a defenseless, friendly book. (laughs) Books had always been the best friend. His best friends in the hundreds. In a hundred public libraries, they had taught him from a thousand newsstands that had warmed his loneliness. He suddenly felt that if he had not been able to save some books, it would hardly be worthwhile to live. Most of his collection was functional. The Encyclopedia Britannica. Gray said blah, 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 blah. And he had grudged its, its business too. But it was the most compact assemblage of knowledge on the market. Che Guevara's War of the Gorillas. That's the first book. In his non-practical, uh, you know, cover-all well, books, thinking, right?
4: He's thinking, he's thinking resistance against yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Soviets. But listen to the list. Uh, thank God he wasn't going to need that. <laughs> Nor are those next to it. Yank. Yank Levy's Manual on Resistance Fighting. Griffith's Translation of Mao Zedong's On Guerrilla Warfare. Tom Whittingham's New Ways of War. The new TR on Special Operations. Forget him. Ain't gonna study war no more. The Boy Scouts Handbook. Eshbox Mechanical Engineering. Radio Repair Man's Guide. Outdoor Life's Hunting and Fishing. Edible Fungi and How to Know Them. How Life in the Colonial Days. Home Life in the Colonial Days. Your Log Cabin. Chimneys and Fireplaces. The Hobo's Cookbook. Medicine Without a Doctor. That's a book I think my mom had. Uh, five, uh, five Acres and Independence. Russian Self-Taught and English Russian. And Russian English dictionaries. The Complete Herbalist. The Survival Manuals of the Navy Bureau of Weapons. The Air Force's Survival Techniques. The Practical Carpenter. All sound books of brown and useful, brown and useful sort. Why brown? The Oxford Verse, A Treasury of American Poetry. Hoyle Book, Book of Games. That's important for later in the plot. Burton's Anatomy of Melancholy. Right? That's a really interesting book to bring into your bomb shelter. Uh, a different Burton's Thousand and One Nights. The good, uh, the good uh, old Odyssey with the Wyeth illustrations. That actually comes up later too. Ponce saying, are these photographs? <laughs> are illustrated <laughs> are from they, the original? Yeah, original. They, from the yeah, original, yeah, publication. Yeah, yes, if original Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kipling's collected verse and just so stories. Also something Ponce reads. Right? So Ponce is, is Hugh in such an amazing way. Uh, and then, you know, the Book of Practical Cats and Robert Frost's verse and Men Against the Sea, right? Like, this is book porn, <laughs> right? So, Trish is saying, we can put this, we don't need to bring this into our bomb shelter. I'm like, mm, I want to bring it in. I hate it. I hate it. But I want to bring it in. I know most people are in the bomb shelter and to love it. But I've got a machine gun. I'm going to make them read it. (laughs) There you go, (laughs) (laughs) Tommy gun. Oh my god, what a what a man this Heinlein writer guy is, right? Because he's so annoying. Uh, But this is still a good book, even though it has you know some ugh cringy, cringy um. I want to make. I
4: I, I, I I don't agree. Up to a point, it is, and then it goes off the rails, and I don't think it's redeemable. Yeah, after. But I,
0: it sounds like you're thinking the cannibalism is the worst part. Yeah,
4: I I I, I think if the book closes up after that,
1: before that,
0: am I say sure you're with like, them?
1: I, I thought like the characters were thin. Maybe one or two were interesting, but most of them were thin. They were to get me from one place to another. There were huge plot holes. Like this just happened. Okay, now. That's gonna happen. Like I, I didn't feel if, I wasn't taken through. I, I don't think what well, it wasn't a good book for me. So so Duke um, beyond being like LBJ, like Duke and Karen are
3: baby boomers. They're they they, yep. they are entitled. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> like like
0: yeah, they're not greatest generation. Like, that's for
3: sure. They, they 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 were born into the world that their their parents like created that they, they just look and like everything <laughs> they think it's theirs um like like duke almost reminded me of gen x but he's not he's a baby boomer and karen too like they both like sounded like what people what baby boomers say about gen x mm. but it was about baby boomers they
0: they literally they, are they baby just, boomers yeah.
3: they, they had this limited uh world view of you know, like the the world that
0: they live in. We don't get that in. much of Karen other than her, you know, wanting to sleep with her dad or saying that she does.
3: And and her racist jokes. Yeah, and her
0: racist jokes.
3: And um, like the voice that uh, I think it was the same narrator that did the
0: sixth column. Yeah, he's um, very good. Tom Weiner.
3: The the voice that he did for Duke and Karen was perfect. He's very good because they had this cheerful like uh, sarcasm in their voice, and everything they said came across as a little sarcastic, but also serious. And like that's exactly what those kind of
0: like middle class people are. Is like. Barbara the thinnest character in the book? Because she we get a lot with her. I mean, we don't have that much in the end, uh, or before they the, the re meeting. She's she's uh, maybe the thinnest character that has a lot of screen time and then isn't killed off early. Right.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And that, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't hate her. I just, I think, you know, it is getting, uh, to the plot. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's interesting. They t- the, the treat ideas. her
3: differently. Because she's divorced. And she's very yeah. conscious that. of that. Interesting of that. Yeah. Like, like from the beginning of the book, like she thinks like, divorced oh, too people <laughs> think just because I'm divorced, I'll just <laughs> do it with anybody, but that's not fair. And yeah. Karen is like like when she like confides in Barbara, she's like, Well, since you're divorced, I figured that I could like confide in you. Or since you're divorced, I figured I could bring you home to
0: my brother. And right. You, you know,
3: yeah, like, yeah,
0: I guess that is like, a Karen move, isn't it?
3: Yeah. (laughs) So, like, like she is almost looking at things as an outsider, and giving like a different, uh, an outsider
0: perspective. So the most lovable character has to be Doctor Livingston. (laughs) I was
1: going to say it's Doctor Livingston, (laughs) (laughs) or and the twins, but they haven't grown up. No,
0: they're not lovable. They're just slobbery and
1: they're just yeah
0: pooping their pants all day. And the puns. uh, Puns is strong as a character he
3: reminded me of something that you said Jess what's that um, a few like many weeks ago you were trying to like apologize for Hitler by saying well <laughs> he was a vegetarian and he liked
0: <laughs> Jesse Jesse was trying to apologize for Hitler a couple yeah, weeks he, he, ago he yeah he yeah, yeah that's not what, what I, I do Hitler all day, day long he
3: was a vegetarian and liked babies he did blah 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 but Pons loved his dogs too. and Heinlein yeah. says that that makes Pons worse yeah yeah because it means that Pons understood that what he was doing was wrong but mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ponce is is
0: not a good person, but he is a very strong character. character. But if he was, uh,
3: just a tyrant, if he was just evil, that would be more Heinlein explicitly
0: says this about him, right? He's telling, he's telling, uh, Barbara this. Yeah. And we don't, we don't know that that is his opinion while it's happening to him because he's not telling us or Heinlein's not allowing him to tell us, right? He's busy working on his plans
3: he steps out of his way to give us this information mm-hmm. that it's times that it's Ponce's good qualities that make him worse because if he was just bad, yeah, yeah. It's he it a super strong better,
0: argument he... for, you know, why the master slave dynamic in the South, right? Like, I treat my slaves well. What do you I don't know why you guys are objecting all the time. I don't whip and my they all I, I barely are them. Happy.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you ask them, are you happy while well, you're holding your whip in your hand? I hear I believe yeah. you're happy, aren't you? Yes, Haven't well, I been good to you? Exactly. Techno whips. That I means yeah, the yeah.
4: whips aren't just regular, lips. they're they're they're,
3: they're
0: yeah, he, likes science-y his, he likes his techno sticks. whips.
3: The yeah. way I read this book is it's a work of political angst. Like yeah. Heinlein is very angsty about the situation in American sixty four and American history and slavery.
0: And it's also angsty about war, a World War three. But
3: yeah, and and it, he's expressing his own angst about the world in a grotesque. Um, over he's the trying, to, he's trying to West solve it.
0: He's trying to matter. solve it, and then he goes in uh, another direction with it. That's why the book has such a radical shift, right? Yeah. It just, it, it's, it's, it literally like you're going from fifth gear to first gear suddenly, right? Because what, everything that we are reading up to this point doesn't matter. Barbara, uh, Karen's death could have been avoided, right? Oh, well that changes things. Um, and yet, what does he do at the end? He sets up a Farnham's Freehold just like he was setting up, uh, what he was planning to do. So in the end, right, he... He does exactly what he he wanted to do, but he he all he has is some silver coins and a forty five automatic,
3: right? and two babies and, and some um, the towels. knowledge and the knowledge and experience he gained along the way. Right, right.
4: Yeah, he may not have his books, but, but he has hard work. But he's uh, he's also note.
0: restarted his family in a sense that right, like he's got two children. They're not a boy and a girl this time, but. That far the gas station that they were robbing right looting from uh, at the end they're gonna make friends with that family who are in their own bomb shelter, we presume, right It we never says, them. but they have to be because the the store's open, everything's turned off the radio's on
3: yeah, right the, the, they the just sh- went
0: into their own bomb shelter, right so they're yeah, gonna have yeah. children to breed with uh their children um, right. Um,
4: I got to go shortly, by I want to bring up Paul. one last thing yep. about this book. Yep. So they go back in time, but they go back to an alternate world. Slightly, Why yeah, do you yeah. think he does it that way? Uh,
0: yeah. Because he's trying to fit it in with his giant chronology of other books, I think.
2: Well, so it would be much more of a downer if they just went back to the past and knew that it was going to turn into this uh, 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 slave dystopia anyway. Mm, um,
0: good point. Well, Trish. Was, I didn't that, even think that, about that. He, he
2: wanted, I think Heinlein wanted to end on a more optimistic note. Uh, he definitely and, did. Um, yeah. And, yeah.
0: I didn't even think about that, Trish, but that, that is interesting. The, the, the time travel, I mean, it's another time travel book, right? We've had a few of them, but he does do this thing. Uh, on purpose it's deliberate and it's subtle right there's only a couple little hints of it but
4: but but even e- even though this is an alternate world uh some version of him comes back to the original world because we see because we can see because we see the, the the crazy guy show up at the beginning of, a, of yeah, the yeah. book yeah
0: yeah 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 so,
4: so i'm not, yeah. I'm not it's infinite like worlds doing well so, no
0: so there's some, thinking there's actually yeah. oh so oh, i was just gonna say so one of the things karen uh uh, Barbara says about Karen is that Karen is always still alive, right? Yeah. And uh, mm. and also the other cool thing, and this is a very writerly thing, and I think Jonathan will agree with me. It's to make you read the book again. Mm. Yes. Right. Because Cause you're distracted. saying, what did I miss the first time? And in that sense, time is a flat circle. You know, we go back and again and again and go through. And I did read the book again, <laughs> so 30 years later or whatever.
3: I feel like reading the book again, like the cannibalism is a shock the first time you yeah, read yeah. the book. But the second time you read the book, it's it's seated right when they get to that world. Uh, he's making jokes about eating the servants. The servants mm-hmm. are laughing nervously. They're mm-hmm. talking about the food. It's 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 there, but mm-hmm. uh, it's uh written in a way where you could take it he didn't write this broken, by the seat of broken. his
0: pants this isn't a, mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna copy some other person's book he says i've written books like this before what do i have to say about this particular issue let me construct a massive thing you're gonna hate some of it <laughs> maybe doesn't think but, that but you know as far man, as he's the good. Uh, the
3: ending uh tying into the beginning like they do say like well maybe in this universe the chosen won't rise up because we're gonna start our own freehold to stop them. but uh he didn't need to make the and also at the beginning like you know farnham goes to the door and he sees uh the bald guy and he comes back and he's really shaken and he's like Wow! I just saw the weirdest guy. How does somebody get like that mm. and without knowing that it's him? Yeah. So he's being like that racist
0: is... against himself.
3: Look <laughs> 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 at anyway, um, like, that poor white. Yeah, girl yeah. Somebody, I mean, that—that's a very, very hindline thing.
0: He's done that many times in his time so, travel but as well. The
3: thing he didn't need to do was he didn't need to have the car be a,
0: a shift yeah. instead
3: of automatic. Yeah, yeah. That's not necessary. Like, like her entire life would be a different.
0: But that right. yeah that's it. so
3: what if she it implies
0: what it implies is that the time travel um is is uh imp- it's changed things uh, no yeah, no like it's happening but, in all sorts of different dimensions right so people are coming back from one time and changing things in the past too so like it, it isn't they just like why did she have uh a stick shift is because she knows how to drive stick, but she'd be in a completely
3: different place if she drove.
1: Well, a that's the car. thing. Yeah, yeah, we're not. We don't. We haven't. We don't have a closed circle here. He could be coming back a hundred. He could repopulate Indeed. the earth with himself.
0: Right? <laughs> don't just tempt, don't tell. Don't tell Heinlein. Home. He'll write that book. We don't want that. But, um, but
3: the the thing about I I don't think it's that they're going back and forth and back and forth. I think the implication is that he went to a side universe.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He says that. Yeah. yeah. I want to point out that the the the, the food thing uh, turning people into food is right on the cover, um, on that list of the sign. Um, it says corned beef and potatoes, steak and fried potatoes, butter and same day some days bread, smoked bear meat, jerked quisling. and then in parentheses by the neck. Right? Yeah.
4: Uh,
5: He's playing. He's
0: playing the the I I we kill people. We eat people. And that's the conflation that is actually, you know, why it's it's mostly satire, the eating of people. Um, it doesn't come across as satire because it's, we think of it as a racist trope. Um, but, you know, Hitler was a vegetarian. <laughs> doesn't mean all vegetarians are Hitler. But that's the implication when you say, you know, Hitler liked dogs. <laughs> what you're saying is <laughs> anybody who likes dogs is Hitler. And that's obviously not the case. But he is playing the game where I can I can have it both ways, and he want he wants to he likes that game. I prefer that far prefer that to him doing his fucking brink brinksmanship. Oh my god! And he I think he points out that the brinksmanship that he was doing with his son was probably not not the best way to handle it. But yeah. he did raise that kid to be the kitty, or uh, failed to raise that kid the way. Yeah. And eventually came to be right. So maybe he's going to learn his lessons for the new the new kids. <laughs> that, what are their names? I don't even remember. you
2: uh, One of them two. is you, and the other one is um. I um, think Joseph. Joe. Yeah. yeah I mean,
3: Joseph. Right. Carl. Carl
0: Joseph. Carl Joseph. Another uh, Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> right? Wasn't the uh, the Carl Gustav? No, that's Carl Gustav. Never mind. Yeah. Quisling, right? Do you, do you know who Quisling was, my son? No, no, no. Nobody yes. knows who Quisling was? Yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he was the guy in Norway, wasn't he? Yeah. He was the leader of Norway who, when the Nazis said, Hey, um, we, we want you to join our evil empire. He said, Yes, sir, right away, sir. Except that's not a very good Norwegian <laughs> accent. Um, and he's considered a traitor, right? He's, uh, what was the term for a Vichy? Right, the Vichy uh, presidency of France, right? That's right. also considered a traitor. Uh, but Quisling, that word has come to mean uh, yeah. traitor.
3: I, I, I knew the word, I didn't yeah. know the, uh, the yeah word etymology. The etymology.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, wow.
0: yeah. served new. as prime minister of Norway from 42 to 45. Okay. Can, can we declare
4: has, this podcast
0: over? You can go to your game.
4: Well, yeah, yes, Bob. I'm supposed to be recording this for you. Oh, yeah, so. yeah.
0: I appreciate that. So, uh, look, 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 my recording's good. I think we'll probably have a little after chat.
4: But I want to actually... I still have to get my podcast. comps in. But yeah, you Oh, can, your you know. comps.
0: Your <laughs> complimentary books. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Please do that. Please do Maybe, maybe,
4: yes, please do the, please do maybe
0: they're t- um right? not complimentary because you don't want to, like... One of the books I was thinking of that goes with this one is that uh, Cognum Regnum, or what it's called, the one that's mentioned in The Picture in the House, you know, by H.P. Lovecraft. Mm. You know that book? Cause
2: oh, right. Lovecraft the the desc- one that has pictures of, of a meat people market. being slaughtered. Yeah. For meat. Yeah.
0: Mm hmm. Right. Uh, well market.
2: let's see. I was thinking of In the Barn by uh uh Pierce Anthony. Anthony Oh God from the story the again, Dangerous
0: Visions. I, I don't know uh, that one. Which, Tell me about it.
2: Well, uh, a guy um goes to an alternate world and gets a job as a as a farmhand and he find in the 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 owner has been talking about cows, but when he actually gets into the barn, it's uh humans who have been <clears throat> raised as meat uh raised in sensory deprivation so they're stupid and their thumbs have been cut off and wow wow
0: yeah.
2: thumbs again
0: thumbs again yep.
2: mm-hmm.
0: um thumbs. cows don't have thumbs neither do calves <laughs> <laughs> that's why they 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 can't stop being herded into that you know cave
3: in the book,
0: uh, Farnham's
3: Freehold, the studs uh, have their thumbs cut off. Right. The scribes right. Ha- and everybody else have their balls cut off. Right. So he, but you, you're rarely both. Um, yeah, he but he talk is one.
0: And by the way, one does. of the reasons you do that. Uh, so my mom has a uh, a calf, a male calf. Make um, it big. Make uh, it, it big to be. Yeah, eaten. but also makes them more do- docile. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. right, well, tempered, sure. and it
0: also improves the flavor, which is well,
2: tempered is such a euphemism. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: it's, it's a strong one, uh, but yep. it it doesn't you know like slap slaps you across the face. Whereas tempered, well, it doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> it actually has two meanings. Tempered, right? One is uh uh is made stronger when mm-hmm. you temper metal, right?
1: Mm-hmm. that's right yeah Good tuned
0: too right yeah
2: right but also it puts them in a bit of better temper i.e calmer mm-hmm.
0: right mm-hmm. it's a it's um, a very sophisticated choice there that's a good yeah.
1: word
2: yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, oh uh highland was a wordsmith he was absolutely a craftsman a mm-hmm. master
0: craftsman mm-hmm.
2: even if i hate some of the things
0: he does <laughs> you're supposed to i think <laughs> i think
2: but like, he's All intentionally right.
3: being obnoxious. It's yes. not like he's like, "Gee, I I am afraid that people are going to be offended by this." I'm not sure if I should yes. put it in the book. Or
0: I'm not. so like, glad oh, that please. he. I'm so glad that he made me so mad at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I really mm-hmm. don't like him when he does that, but he's right to do it. Yeah. Uh, what's well, what else you he got? He's
2: doing. You can't argue that. Uh, uh, with the the whole breeding, and uh, you know. Making looking at your slaves' bloodlines and stuff, I was thinking of S.M. Sterling's The Domination of the Draca, particularly Mm. under the yoke and Dracon. Um, and then just in general with uh, the whole concept, um, I was thinking of Stephen Barnes's Lion's Blood, Mm. in which, uh, the Black Plague basically wiped out 90% of Europe, and so, uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, Arabian world, um, uh, the, the Muslim world is the, the, whole, the whole world was colonized by Muslims instead of by Europeans. Mm. Um, and, uh, so the, uh, you know, the, the main character is a Irish slave taken in a raid by, uh, by, um, Africans or whatever. Um, and, uh, it's um interesting uh uh interesting book I think this one yeah, it holds good. up yeah it's it's um re- really um the uh, guy is taken as basically the um footman or or companion boy uh, slave to the heir of an al- heir of a household and they are. Friends, as much as you can be friends in that kind of power imbalance, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, as they grow to adulthood, they have conflicts and stuff. Um, it's a really interesting book, I thought. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, I- I've
4: read
0: I've it too, and I concur with Drush. Didn't he have? A- didn't Barnes have another book with Lion in the title?
2: I think there was a sequel that I have not read.
0: Uh there's Zulu um, Heart is the sequel to this. Zulu I,
4: Heart is the sequel. Yeah. but but Lion's mm-hmm. of Lions Blood stands pretty much alone, Jesse. If you yeah. ever want to do
0: it. Yeah, this. it looks good. It's 461 pages, which is big, but um, it's, it's
4: big. But it's well it's it's well done. Anyway. Yeah, it
0: sounds good. I, I'm I like
4: pretty it. I'm pretty sure Barnes read Barnes Freholt and decided to take that
0: out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, I
2: don't remember any instances of, oh, God, Stephen Barnes, why did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) he avoid a
4: lot of the mistakes.
0: Yeah. Uh, He's an interesting fellow. Um, I think he's still alive. Yes. Um, What was the book that we read by him that was a sequel to? uh, It was
2: co-written with Larry Niven. Yeah, Yeah, mostly not Niven, I think. Seascape Tattoo.
0: That's the one. Yeah, that's it. That was pretty good. I was surprised Mm -hmm. how much I liked that one. Um. Yeah, we should consider that. I'll look into the audiobook. Any, an audiobook, any, uh, any other compliment? Complimentary? There should be. Nope.
2: those were those were the ones I wanted to bring up.
0: Yeah, I was I was very impressed with this book. Uh, there was uh, I I have a n- number of screenshots on my phone where I'm like, no, <laughs> why? You know, line. D- <laughs> God damn you! Why are you doing this? Oh. You know, overall so good
3: thematically it has, it has nothing to do with the book but just because it's a work of political angst that shouldn't be a work mm. of political angst mm. uh the children's novel water babies have anybody read no, that No, i haven't
0: read that one no but Not so but heard this heard a is like
3: it nominally like a victorian era children's book Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the author was extremely concerned about the encroachment of democracy which he thought was bad (laughs) and of science which he also thought was bad
0: science bad got it
3: (laughs) so the book has all of these um allegories that are like anti-democracy like for example there's like all of these crows And they're gathered around a rock eating like shellfish. And there's one crow that doesn't want to eat the shellfish. So the other crows like peck that crow to death. And they're like, well, in a democratic society, um, you know, it's uh, we all do as the majority says. And if you don't want to do as the majority says, you get, uh, you know, offed. I mean, it's it's, like pretty
0: victorious. So the problem with that is, right, like uh, when you actually look at. How democracy starts, and, and I'm not talking about the uh, ancient Greeks because that, you know, it's not actual democracy. You just got a bunch of, you've got a class of people who can, who participate in democracy and they, sure. they do it very differently than, you know, uh, it's pirate ships. And pirate ships, if you don't want, if you don't want to be on the ship, you don't have to be, right? It's all volunteer. Um, but there is, uh, you know, if you, if, if the leadership changes and you don't want to be on, oh. Um, you There's just always don't... the plank. No, 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 no. That's all movie stuff, right? The plank stuff is, uh, like, it, 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 what it is is they just put you off on an island where you or uh some place. Um, J- J- Jesse, and I Maroon. have to go, yeah, but yeah.
4: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take issue with this because I'm, I'm pretty sure that not every pirate was the egalitarian utopia you put it as. I'm pretty sure that <laughs> lots of people wound up in the drink if they went against the captain. Sorry, Jesse, you're. I know you I know I've passion, read a lot of books that, on
0: this and I know yes, you have not yes, pretty a So pretty, let me oh my god. Just, just tell you it, it, there's a lot there's it, a lot going on that is explained in these books including in the pirate codes that are on all the all the pirate ships and there're many, right?
3: You know so, what the best pirate novel that nobody's ever read? It's not Treasure uh, Island cuz it's have not very realistic. Have you read Over Jamaica?
0: No. ah, but you've mentioned it to me.
3: Oh my god. I, I don't think I've mentioned a Highland, I, Over I Jamaica. I think
0: you have. Who's the yeah. author? um gosh it starts with an h um it's a movie as well maybe you haven't mentioned this one richard hughes uh,
3: hughes yeah oh my god that is a good book um hmm. if you ever want to read 1929
0: yeah i like good books right. have a good one paul all
4: right uh I can don't... we declare this podcast
0: first <laughs> so i can leave you can leave whether it's over officially or not don't you know, worry. I,
4: I, I know, but I'm recording this and now I feel like I'm abandoning this. And of course, it's okay. my friends I'm... are messaging Yeah, right yeah, no worries. I, I got so a recording I've, work. I'm caught between two things.
0: You're fine, so Paul. Understand. Don't worry.
4: Oh, Thank I'm you. not. I'm not fine. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm
0: gonna... <laughs> okay, well, uh, at least you're not defending Hitler, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, uh, there, there is no Lions um, audiobook for some reason. Um, mm. I just. Searched it up and it has never existed, which is really a shame because yeah, it's probably is a good
2: one of those rights things where you sign a contract and don't specify mm, enough, you know, and yeah. then the publishing house hangs on to stuff I forever. I think
3: the period of time is,
0: is yeah, probably is not
3: public domain. No, no, no. Right but, no, it's not,
0: but it's also the wrong period, like it came out before audiobooks were as big a deal. Um, yeah, so yeah. it probably and I'm positing that it's yeah. one of those no, can get right. your
2: rights back thing and which is like, horrible the company doesn't want to uh, do an audio book but you can't get your rights back, yeah. back like, to I do read your
3: own like an NYRD book uh, New York Review book yeah it's 2002 those are, yeah, um, those are uh, that's a shame they, no they, they buy the you know uh, New York Review books
0: New York Review of books I know I don't know
3: Mm-hmm. No, it's it's a publish it's a publisher. Okay, uh, they publish like kind of rediscovered lost classics ah. that the New York uh, Review Books critics like. Right, but uh, it, you know, so that they are like really expensive editions, like for paperbacks. Mm. Like, like even like back in like the early two thousands, it was like really expensive for a paperback. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there uh, is uh, a High Wind Over Jamaica audiobook. Oh, really? Yeah. You Um, just told me there wasn't. No, I was talking about the Lions book uh, by Steve Barnes. Lions Blood. Lions Blood. I I
3: thought you said, I I heard winds,
0: not Lions. Lions. Lions, apostrophe S. Um, (laughs) So it says, narrator's Michael Maloney. It's six hours, seven minutes. Very nice length. Um, So there's nothing stopping us from reading a good pirate book. Set in the 19th century against a backdrop of island life and the vast surrounding seas, a high wind in Jamaica is a gripping story of the uh, vast Thornton children, children whose parents sent them to back to England following a hurricane in post-colonial Caribbean they call home. Having set sail, the children quickly fall into the hands of pirates. Yay. As their voyage continues, things take an awful turn narrated largely from the perspective of the children. The supposed innocents are now Are not the victims of amoral behavior, but sometimes the perpetrators. Praised for its atypical setting, uh, atypical and unsettling take on the truth of human nature. Richard Hughes' classic, first published in 1929, has been called one of the greatest novels of the 20th century and credited with paving the way for other masterworks such as William Golding's horrible book, Lord (laughs) of the Flies. If you have a fixed image of pirates and one of children as well, High Wind in Jamaica will change that forever. Or forever change that.
3: I don't know. you got to be tolerant towards uh, semi-erotic, uh, whatever, with children.
0: Oh, okay. So oh, it's like, it's like okay. Blue Lagoon. Uh sort of No, thing. it's
3: not blue Lagoon because like blue Lagoon is like Victorian, and it's like isn't this beautiful? beautiful's <laughs> yeah, like, what it is like you know, high wind is is like isn't this like
0: disturbing? oh like, well,
3: you know high, high wind is supposed to uh, it's not trying to uh, I wonder if it's public it's, domain
0: because um it's possible that you know, it's nineteen twenty nine is possible it wasn't renewed i never heard of the author. What What did the author write before?
3: I don't know. I, I just saw it like on a shelf of NYRB books like mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, and I bought it, and I read it, and I thought it was great.
0: Yeah. Uh, NYRB, yeah. So New York Review of Books reviews are pretty good. Uh, the ones that I've read, they tend to be very thoughtful and thorough. You know, readers are well-read, and they... The other thing that's really good about them is they don't hide things. They tell you everything about the book. And so a lot of people who read New York Review of Books say, wow, that sounds like a great book, and they never pick up the book. <laughs> and then sometimes yeah. you read it and you say, wow, that sounds like a great book. And you say, oh, there it is, and you buy it. So it, it's like sort of a proof against the standard um, uh, spoilers wreck your experience of the book. Because... Uh, they tell you everything about it. I, I haven't read one for years because the New York Review of Books is different, uh, differently distributed. <laughs> probably in New York it's easy to get. Is that where yeah. you got it?
3: Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, Probably He's, in New York. Probably at the Strand Bookstore. Yeah, it's best. not like it's
0: available on newsstands around here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I believe that I too am going to need to get going.
0: Yeah, no so, worries. Thank you very uh, much. Good
2: discussion. When, good discussion. When are you next you. on? In it's like a month or so. Okay. Um, oh, I see. Uh, Houston,
0: Houston. Houston. Oh uh, yeah, right. Read? Houston,
2: Houston. Do you read? Yep,
0: yep. yep. All right. so. And then radium pool. Oh no, that's Will. Never mind. I'm
2: not on radium.
0: Pool. What about Are You still here?
1: I am. I've got to go soon too, though. I
0: figured. What
2: What is
1: Houston, Houston?
0: Oh, it's uh, that James. Is a Tripucci. story about
2: uh. Uh, astronauts who get cast forward in time, they're all male and uh, they are horrified to when they get to the future that uh, the whole world is run by women and I, uh, actually there are no men anymore.
0: It's a oh, short wow. novel. Very short novel. Like a half of an ace double.
2: Really? When, when
1: oh, are you uh, do that one?
0: That is on a Saturday in September the 2nd of September. It's Scott Scott, it's Paul, September. Parents, Will,
3: and you know, could, Bye bye. All right. Bye. Any of those. I could do the James Tiptree, sure. Um, you know. Uh you know you know who James Tiptree Jr. is. Yeah. Uh Alice yes.
0: Sheldon, yes. but not James really James
3: Tiptree Jr. was a female author who posed as a male author. And um all of these uh, Silverberg and all of these other male authors praise this writing as so, writing such male writing. By a man. <laughs> yeah, I don't it, think it,
0: I don't think happened. all of them said that. I think Silverberg or somebody. One only a man that. could
3: have written this. Yeah, and uh, you know it was actually a woman, so it was kind of a practical joke. Sort of um, the the sci-fi. Um, if you know uh, George Eliot or George Sands, uh, kind of the same.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a really good movie about George Sand. Um, uh, it stars Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant, and yeah. um, uh, Australian yep. actress who's really good. Uh, it's called. It's called Impromptu. Have you guys heard of this movie? Right,
2: I've seen that movie. It's, it's, good it's movie. a good movie.
0: Yeah. Um, they they uh, who's who's Hugh Grant plays? He plays a composer.
2: Uh, Chopin is Chopin.
0: It? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. He was, he was young and handsome back then. And uh, and I, I don't know when. I, 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 was, I was just laser discs. Every, every, everything. Get all the laser discs, rip them all, watch the movies. And uh, yeah, 1991. Emma Thompson. Right, I
2: really do need to yeah, go now. No worries. Sorry.
0: Judy Davis. Um, that's who played George Sand. I tried reading George Sand, though. I didn't love George Sand's writing. It's maybe a little too French and long-winded.
3: <laughs> uh, but did, um, have I you not
0: have. done any more um Alice Sheldon James Triptree? Did you not do the screw fly solution? No, I did
2: the fly. screw fly
0: solution. Yeah, but uh Mysa, you, you haven't done any no. James Triptree? No. Oh um, she's I, really good. She's got a lot of She's kinda like Heinlein but meaner.
2: <laughs> what is it? It's Misa. What? What is it that
1: you? Oh, can I, I can say? do Houston, Houston, and I have to go as well. All
0: right. Talk to you later. Thank good you. Good talking to both of you. Thank you.
1: Okay. Yeah, you too. Bye. Okay. I mean.
2: Bye.
0: Um, we're not. Bye. Good talking to yeah.
3: you. I mean, we're not allowed to talk about the book or anything of substance
0: because uh, Justin is gone, right? uh no, Paul. It's not Justin. It's Paul. Apology. Prince Justin is his Twitter name. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, democracy and pirates because sure. Paul just doesn't, hasn't read all the books, right? So, um, the last one we did was on Madagascar. Um, okay. and it's so good. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, Pirate Enlightenment or The Real Libertaria by David, David Graeber. Mm. Um, so that book is, it's really makes a strong case. Very, you know, it's a lot of circumstantial evidence, but basically, uh-huh. um, uh, the pirates who were in the Car- Caribbean, um, when the Caribbean was, I can't, I'm having trouble saying Caribbean, uh, when they left the, uh, waters. I
3: don't even know if it's Caribbean or Caribbean. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, when they left the waters there for richer, uh, pirating grounds in the Indian Ocean, Um, They used Madagascar as their port um, in a way that they used, uh, you know, Tortuga and other places in uh, as farther away from the British Empire a little bit. And uh, the Madagascar women uh, have a different had a different social system than um, uh, the natives and colonists of the Caribbean and uh, pirates were treated very interestingly there. So one of the things that comes up in the book is the idea of pirate kings, you know, which we uh-huh. hear about in, you know, books and stuff, and pirate queens, like we got that, in Billy Eaton and this stuff. It doesn't really make any sense because pirates don't have descendants and they're not royal. They're 100%. Everybody is equal to everybody on the ship, right? Uh-huh. If you're a captain on a ship, as a pirate ship, it's because the people on the ship said that guy should be captain. They voted for him, right? If mm-hmm. you don't vote for him, you say that guy's a fucking terrible captain, you can leave the ship, right? You're in port, generally, when this is happening. Sure. The only time you're at sea, I mean, one of the things I didn't like about black sails is they didn't go to sea very much. It's almost all... Mm-hmm. uh Nobody wants Budgets. to be on the ocean, right? Because it's fucking cool. Well, there's it's that expensive. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But, but there's also another reason that is not, you know, in reality is sailors don't like sailing. <laughs> they need to sail. It's their job, right? Some, you know, there's rich people today who have a yacht, right? And they want to go yeah. racing, but that's, that's, it's like fishermen. They don't love the sea. That's their fucking job, right? They bring fish to shore to feed their family. Well, pirates don't have family. They have addictions. They uh, they have addiction to partying. They can't read. They love to dance. They love having sex. They like drinking. That's their thing. Sure. Make merry, right? So if a captain is higher than somebody else, it's in that his share is higher. And usually it was like two shares as opposed to one share. A quartermaster, same, two shares. Right. And then bosun can sometimes get one and a half shares. And the reason is they have responsibilities other than just showing up to the battle. Right. Um, pirates all had to do certain things and it wasn't vote. It was like sharpen your sword, keep the ship clean. Don't drink, uh, at night, uh, and no candles under, under decks at night, but you can drink all fucking day, uh, and all night as long as you're ready for battle and your, your sword is ready. They don't care what you do. Right. It's yeah. it's a whole so it's a whole like mini version of the political state um, as a nation state, which we don't really have at this time. Right. You're, um,
3: you're, you're talking about like Barbary pirates, like they're pirates today. They're it, pirates it, uh, yes. Like, so. All over the place. Well, the, so. the
0: interesting thing that happens is the Caribbean pirates are generally uh, freed slaves and they're, they come of two varieties. One is the the white slaves who are in the British Navy, generally. Sometimes they're French Navy. Sometimes they're um, Portuguese or Spanish Navies, right? And what they do is they get out from under being impressed by the uh, – this is my joke. I was impressed by the British Navy's recruiting methods. <laughs> That's you know, they force you to join the – you become a slave. It's bad food, almost no pay. Generally, your pay is stolen from you. Um, and when you, and your health is fucked, right? And you're there uh, against your will. So you escape. Um, where do you escape to, to a pirate ship? You find either they liberate your ship in battle. Generally, that's not how, uh, white pirates became white pirates because they didn't try to fight Navy ships because why would you attack a ship that has no, no good stuff on it? You wouldn't, you would run away from them. Um, so what they would do is that, but a lot of them are also not Navy guys. They're just uh, like, so you would have white and black um, slave ship sailors, people who are not slaves themselves, technically, or they're not for chattel sl- slavery. They're uh, working a ship and they don't like being uh, hauling humans across and, you know, swabbing out shit and vomit and getting diseases right so they quit that when a pirate ship attacks them and frees the ship anybody who's on the ship who wants to join the crew is allowed to and sometimes they'll sell the slaves sometimes mm-hmm. right but if you sign up with a ship you're part of you everyone is equal because everyone has fucking guns right everyone has swords everyone has knives yeah. It wasn't like one guy is the king of the ship because, like, so it's if,
3: like Heinlein's
0: paradise. It is very Hindleying par- paradise in a certain sense. It this is very interesting, relatively recent scholarship, although almost all of it comes from one book uh, called the General History of the Pirates, um, oh. which is very interesting. But um, this the, the David Graber and a, f- a few other guys. A guy um, we just did a book on called. Um, What's it called? Uh, he's still alive. Um, I follow him on Twitter, but uh, that 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 was uh, wasn't Pirate Enlightenment, but it was another one like that. Um, it's a long time. Oh, Many-headed Hydra by Peter Linebaugh and Marcus Redeker. Really good book. Have you heard of this book? Nope. You'd love it. Um, so uh, I think Linebaugh is still alive too, but. Um, what it is, it's, it's a, a history of, of this concept of the many-headed hydra. Now, this is the term that capitalists, when capitalists are starting their thing, um, become, you know, like modern capitalist system, um, are describing the slaves. And they're saying the problem with slaves is you always have to be putting them down all the time, right? Yeah. Because they're attacking you. So, uh, they they use the iconography of Hercules as themselves, and the Hydra as the slave, slave rebellion. And the problem is, they're always not wanting to be forced to work for free all the time. So what do you do? Well, you do whatever you have to, and it's sort of a history of that. And it, it talks about the slave trade and the... Uh, the people so it's a a book of uh, the history of from below as opposed to you know hearing it from you know the East India Company did this and these investors did that and the British wanted to explore this and do some science no it's like what actually happened to get people on those ships what happened to them when they escaped where did they escape to so maroon communities you know like the tri-racial isolates as Evan would like to always say I was like, what the fuck's a tri-racial isolate? (laughs) It's maroons, basically, right? People hiding in, hiding in the forest of, uh, islands to get away from, uh, oppression and slavery. So, um, the, that other book that I was mentioning before, um, this about uh, Madagascar, Pirate Enlightenment, um, it talks about how the interaction between the pirates and their democratic system that they had aboard ship, when brought to shore and they start marrying into the society of Madagascar's, um, uh, East coast, um, where the women were, uh, expected to run businesses, um, and women married for status. Um, these pirates were aliens who had treasure and they took that money and used it to like invest. And then the Europeans are like, in somewhat, there's a movie about this called, um, you've probably seen it. It's, uh, uh, Against All Flags. No. Nope. Oh, good movie. Um, it's, uh, it's told from the other point of view. It's a East India Company spy goes in against the pirates of Madagascar. Um, you know, under, it's basically, it's, um, Fast and the Furious, but with ships. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or what's the other one? Um, Uh, The bank robbing one with surfers and, uh, you know, the guy, uh, Keanu Reeves. Point break. Point break. Point break. (laughs) Point break. Where he goes undercover looking for bank robbers, right? So this is the same thing. The main character goes undercover looking uh, to break up the pirates um, for the East India Company, Um, Mm -hmm. which was a real, you know, a real phenomenon. Pirates basically colonized the East Coast with the consent of the locals. Um, and we get a lot of stories about what their lives were like, even though they didn't write anything down, based on the interactions that the Europeans had with these pirates. So that what they would do is they would sail up to Europe and say, I am the king of this fleet. Uh, You're having a war with this country. Contract me. Right. And they would make all sorts of li- obviously lying claims. But those are the only histories we have of them. Right. Is what what was written by by the Europeans. But we also have the oral traditions and the uh, cultural practices of Madagascar in the more modern period, you know, in the 200 Mm -hmm. years since. And they have a really interesting relationship that like if you think about the world, right, what what parts of Africa weren't colonized? There's very few, like Italy, Uh, Italy got, uh, one of the last ones, the Haile Selassie's empire, right? At the end. And Madagascar. Okay. But even like the islands, Reunion was taken by France, right? So this is like a, it's a pirate utopia in the sense that what are the, the history that's coming out of there doesn't really exist as a written history. It's just there's a lot of people who had a lot of sex and enjoyed themselves for uh, 50s, you know, 60 years, and we get like their descendants going back to Europe, uh, and they're, you know, uh, biracial, um, mm-hmm. and they're making claims about what's going on in, in the, um, community. And the European kings don't know what to make of it. But what they do take note of, a lot of people take note of, is that they have this strange thing called democracy. And, The Europeans are not so into it, but those Americans in the colonies are very into it. And so this is like a hidden history of the influence other than Locke, right? So we think Locke is really responsible for what's a lot of things are going on in the United States. But where's he getting it from? It seems like he's getting it from what's actually happening. No, 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 no. Even if you read Locke, it's he doesn't talk a lot about Greece um he doesn't no. say where he, he he's just coming up with thesis and theories right and he's a lot sure. like Heinlein um so this this book is very interesting because it 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 points to a lot of things and Paul hasn't read a lot of these um the pirate books that I've been doing with Evan mm-hmm. Evan's a historian of uh the Atlantic especially okay. um and so he's you know I'm interested in history and he's us to a bunch of stuff, books he's read before, and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds really good. we well, do another one. Um, and we do another one, and we do another one, and uh, yeah. So Paul doesn't know a lot about these because he just hasn't read most of them. He read, I think, one of the books early on in Economics. He's
3: on your show enough. He's read enough books.
0: Yeah, but he reads mostly fiction, right? He doesn't read a lot. I, although he did read some... Uh, what was the... What? one of those um will and so somebody
3: I've got a uh Whoops. I've got my this my ghostwriting client I'm supposed to talk Skype with it too and that's in about 15 minutes no worries. So we can wrap done. things up here yeah, um, we can be done so this this attitude towards fiction it's always rubbed me the wrong way
0: what's what's and this, uh, this attitude? What attitude
3: that a character has to be likable and if you don't like the character, that means the character is poorly written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that attitude, like, I've always found it damaged, very damaging to Well, some uh,
0: people read American for comfort, literature. right? Some people read for comfort. It explains, like, a lot of the, uh, you know, Hugo books are sequel books. Why do you have a sequel? Yeah. Because you needed more ideas explored? Well, I got to tell you, there's a huge diminishing returns between the first uh, Ringworld book and the second one, and the sure. third one. Oh my God! And the fourth one, if Should there is a fourth, I, right? In any series, yeah, sure. yeah. And that's uh, the reason people re- read that is because they they want more character. If they continue to do it, I'm like, I'm not so interested in characters. Characters are there to fulfill the jobs that we need.
3: I think characters are interesting, but I think the unlikable ones, like uh, Duke and Grace and you, are more interesting than, like, the heroic.
0: There's no uh, heroes in this book. <laughs> no,
3: no. Uh, that, than, like, you know, like the smiling, dashing hero. But, uh, right? the, you know,
0: effects? the YA books, those kids, you know, if you're reading a uh, YA book and you're Red Planet, right? Sure. You, one of the things that a lot of people don't have, and this is really sad, is they don't have an identity. They don't know who they are, right? You see this with a lot of people changing their genders because they're trying to try, try out something that they feel like they don't have something. So when you're a kid, you don't come with a preset identity. Somebody gave you a name, but you you don't live up to that name. Whoever you know named you, you know you named Junior. You're not exactly a clone of your dad or your mom. Right. So you don't know who you are. And growing up is the process of finding out who you are, what, what your limits are, what your interests are. And a lot of people never find that. And so they use the feeling of that they got from reading books as an escape. Oh, just most people don't read at all. Right. So the fact that most people use reading as an uh, escape identity rather than a, a place to be impressed by literature and a place to experience other realities from a long time ago. Um, it's not surprising, but it's very common.
3: Yeah, I, I know it's common, but it's 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 it it hurts literature. Like when oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you go to school and you learn, yeah. like if you're studying, school, you go to school and You're taking a writing class. Like they're going to tell you your characters have got to be likable, and you got to yeah, no,
0: they're they're, like they're like yeah they're they're like root for them but they're trying to sell you on a certain market right it's very different so i can tell i'm gonna like your books because you you're choosing all the right things to focus on you're focusing on uh grossing me out because that's a powerful thing you can do you're focusing on showing me things that aren't about liking characters um i I sent you that uh did you see a direct message i sent you of the uh newspaper about this war i'd Never heard of before in Malaya. No, I didn't see it. Ah, um, uh, so what happened? I, 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 w- I started watching but, this movie called Seven, uh, Seventh Dawn, um, sure. uh, starring William Holden. It's a very good movie. It's, it's quite. Uh, it's kind of like a not as good but tropical version of Doctor Zhivago, which came out in sixty five. This is from sixty four, and it's set during the Malaysian war of independence failed war of independence against the british um and w- one of the things that you know we don't hear about it at all right? it's not in canadian history because we're not we weren't there it's not in american history because it doesn't help uh sell the message it's kind of like their british version of vietnam but with um tones of you know colonial africa where they're chopping people's heads off and, you know, taking photos. That's why I sent it to you, right? Cause like, that's your, <laughs> your thing. To have people smiling while they're holding the heads of their enemies. <laughs> um, on the front page of a newspaper, right? Um, and that's British, uh, commandos going behind and, and a lot of the, so it, it, you should scroll back in your DMs. Find sure, it. Bang.
3: All right, so I gotta, I gotta just get ready for my Skype call. Yeah, no worries. Um, You know, I got this, uh, you know, ghost gig now, and um, you know, I can't, uh, I can't. I mean, I gotta be available. I don't even know if my client's gonna be able to, uh, you know, show up. But you know, I got, I gotta be available, and I gotta, like, you know, get myself ready for the call in ten minutes. No worries. uh, Really good talking as always. I'll get um, you the file for um,
0: the audiobook. Later yeah, I'm today.
3: on for next week. I'm on for next week
0: here. And,
3: uh, yeah, like, characters, like, the, the really bad ones are more interesting, I think. The really, like, just uh, flawed. H.G.
0: And, uh, Wells off-air. is a good writer, and he that's mostly what he wrote.
3: And that's uh, why we read, like, uh, Lord of the Flies and Catcher in the Rye, is <sighs> to, like, teach kids that, like... Characters don't have to be likable.
0: I don't know why anybody wants to punish children with that Lord of the Flies. (laughs) Bad book. Uh, But
3: but, uh, check out High Wind. You might like
0: it. Uh, Uh, Check out what? High Wind over Jamaica. Uh, Yeah, so like I was saying, there's an audiobook of it, so I will um, investigate uh, doing a show. Remind me.
3: All right. Good talking as always. I'll yep. uh, talk to you next
0: week. See you Bye. on Twitter. Bye. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com/sffaudio. There should be a Trish available. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning. Bob, wow, you didn't
4: pick me first. I feel I feel violated.
0: Um, it's the problem let is let Jonathan's always early. People. Oh, I. See. He always
4: blame Jonathan. And Jonathan left. Oh God, I'm sorry. He and hasn't left.
0: Tried. He's still here. Oh. Oh. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it said Jonathan left. I don't know. I, I,
4: mean to, I mean to know.
0: You my scared him fault. off.
4: My fault.
0: You'll always like blaming yourself for things that aren't your fault. All right. Invite. Oh, how do I. Why? It changed. Oh, raise your hand. I don't want to fucking raise my hand. I want participants.
4: <laughs> I don't want to raise my hand. No oh, fucking oh. stupid shit. Oh, Jesse. Trish. I,
0: I, is she online yet? Do you see?
4: Um, on Skype, I have no idea. Yellow, she's stopped. yellow.
0: All right.
4: I think Jonathan's back. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I'm back, but my speaker's not working. Like you're you're talking like I'm talking to you, on like
0: the phone, and not. Uh... Hmm. Well, you'll figure it out. That's well, trouble. He's, he's he's gone again. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> All right. Um. Who else is supposed to be on this?
3: Jonathan, Trish... Uh, oh, Misa.
0: Misa! Misa! Looking forward to hearing Misa's thoughts on this soft book.
3: So, th- this is... Misa. I think it's me. Why is my speaker off? What the hell? Oh, wait, maybe pressing this will do it?
0: Maybe. Uh, I think we got Misa.
1: Hello. Go. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Hello, <laughs> Misa. Hello. Hello.
0: When was the last time you were on? It was a oh, while it's ago. been months. You you did some witchery in between, right? <laughs> I did.
1: I did. Yeah, we just finished a theater festival. Nice. Wow.
4: Congratulations.
0: A I S. Is it coming up? Nope. Control F. M A I S. Next, last one was maybe breakthroughs in science.
2: Oh. Testing, testing. Can
0: y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, can hear you. Yes. Hey,
2: Trish.
0: Hey. Good how you morning.
2: Doing? Good.
1: I didn't. I didn't end up doing breakthroughs in science. I was going to, and I ended Oh and I yeah,
0: didn't. <laughs> it shows you yeah. crossed out. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh okay. Passport to peril. Is that possible? Oh, oh, wait, wait. Unseen, unfeared.
1: There we go. Stevens. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. show noting passport to peril, right now. The Lawrence Block <sighs> one. Passport. Remember that one?
4: Bum, bum, bum.
0: <laughs> it, it's Irish, Irish folk singer. Uh, no, oh, American yes, so folk singer remember, goes to Ireland. I
1: remember. Yep, 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 yep.
0: And a cave and uh, mm-hmm. um, a priest and lots yeah. of f- stout.
1: <laughs> I didn't hate that one. No,
0: you like that one. I so did. Far, I like so that one. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting a preview of what we're about to <laughs> talk about. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Ah. all right Um, so
4: it's a spoiler
0: (laughs) yeah definitely um so let's see we got everybody evan's not here because his dad is with him i guess um mysa jonathan paul trish we got everybody okay so next week um uh connor has asked to have the day move to saturday um and i think that makes sense considering it's his audiobook and his idea Okay, that um, drops
4: that drops me and Trish it does. Off, I'm I'm running a
0: Trish isn't on, on, on for that one.
4: Okay, I thought Trish was on that, but I'm running a role game on
3: Saturday, so that I
0: haven't that's even sad. read this one yet. Jonathan, you are signed up for that.
3: Yeah, what what is it? A it's how, short. Is it a short story.
0: It's short. I don't have the. Uh, I was just looking for the file when uh, you pinged me, but I don't have the length on that. It is short. Okay,
3: um, what time Saturday?
0: Same, same time. So 11? Yeah.
3: Hmm. I should be able to do 11 on Saturday. Okay, that exactly. should be fine. All right. Um, I have this
0: the new ghost writing gig, and... Um, yeah, you asked me to pull you off for something. Which I for the I west lake because
3: yeah. that's too long like this 10 hour plus the new ghostwriting gig that mm. was too much a little too much i mean i listened to it yeah uh and that was my probably third time reading the book um, save
0: it but, save uh, it we'll talk, talk about that on the show um which will be upcoming shortly all right okay. it's been a while since we had trish uh looks like charwoman shadow is that right
2: I think that was my last one, yeah. Yeah, uh, so. Yeah, been, that looks
0: like it. Let- there's been some new additions at the bottom, including um, A Time of Changes by Silverberg, uh, another Silverberg, Gilgamesh the King, and then way out there, The Weirwoods, uh, which is a fantasy book by Thomas Burnett Swan. Um, and Scott has uh, proposed Ill Met and Lankmar for a Saturday.
4: Oh, I, I, I'll, I, I see, I see, I'm going to have to drop out of The Woods.
0: Oh, all right. Alex P. does
4: not like me. Let's not have a conflict.
0: Okay. Um, uh, uh, kindly I...
2: add me to Houston, Houston. Do you read?
0: Where? Oh, that's not dated yet, I think, right? Is it? Or oh, wait, is it's it? It's on the nine schedule two.
2: for 9-2.
0: Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. Looks like Paul's in there. Thank you. Yes,
4: very, I'm in, I'm in he's there. Very, I'm, 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 he's very I'm
3: helping you.
0: He's very quick with <laughs> you that. You know,
3: I, I can ask uh, Paul from Kersova if it's okay. I'm sure he'll say yes. I, I doubt he has any any real problem with anybody.
0: Yeah, uh, I've only ever talked to him on Twitter. I'm, uh, maybe a DM. I, I don't remember, <laughs> but he, he seems to have hot takes, but it's not horrible. <laughs> That's my experience. But I I it's a it's a consensus uh show up thing, right? So whoever wants to show up is welcome to play basketball on this <laughs> this court. Um so I'm very proud of you Misa for sticking through <laughs> on this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, save it I'm it for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. A
1: quick for Jesse so save it for, the, for the, podcast. the podcast.
3: Yeah,
0: no, I'm just I'm impressed that well, she's here at the start. <laughs> um yeah,
1: You know,
3: for you all, it's like, for you, it's 8 in the morning. For me, it's 11 in the morning. No, so, some people are
0: same same as you, I think.
3: It's, I'm it's 11 also.
0: Yeah, yeah Trish, too. What's it for you, Paul? I don't know how you
3: do 8 it's in the 10 a.m. morning. It's 10 a.m. I used to do it
0: at 5 a.m. Oh. For years and years and years. So oh. I, re- I remember those days. Mm-hmm. It was uh, fine. It's. If you like doing something,
4: you. Bright and early. Mm hmm. Had to be punchy. Mm hmm.
0: We get you before you're awake and had your coffee or whatever. Okay, well, um, I guess uh, since we. Oh, Radium Pool was also added there. Um, My son will have signed up for that.
3: What is Radium Pool? It's a
0: new LibriVox audiobook. Um, It's. Out of wonder stories or thrilling wonder or something like that. Um, don't know much about it other than it's got radium and a pool.
3: <laughs> that's it not, that's like, not uh, it's it's got, got cool art, uh, yeah.
0: so is it anything
3: like the moon pool.
0: I would presume it's from 1929. Um, okay. is the moon pool is um, that's longer though. I think this is pretty short. Um, there's I'll, actually. Different
3: I'll send versions. The,
0: there's yeah. the There's the novella, and then it was expanded to a novel. Um, yeah. I'm going to send the art in the I'm, chat. I, here. I'll, I'll read this right now. Okay. Deep
4: beneath the many hued volcanic sands of the Manaleba Plains is an eerie world. Um, the Radiant Pool is the story of a desperate search by two gallant men for a lost woman, of their meeting with the Weird Jovians in the hidden workshop under the Valley of Death, of Weird the, the mysteries of the pool and the immortality found therein. Throughout uh, this could, tale of dark adventure, the unseen hand of fate is deathly guiding the destinies of each
1: man towards good
0: and evil.
1: Wow, <laughs> oh, Paul! Nice trailer
0: voice. You know I could probably <laughs> do that. Sure, yeah, it should be short. I, I I think it's probably an hour or so. Um yeah,
3: I just I just don't want to do another ten hour while I got this uh, ghost. Training.
0: I get you, Jonathan. All right, added. Um, there's a Philip K. Dick on there called The Present for Pat. It's just one of these uh public domain stories that I haven't read that I I really love Philip K. Dick's short stories. Um we got the Colorado Kid upcoming, Zero Cool, I think. And God save the mark. Mice is in for that. Good. She she needs a nice Westlake palette cleanser after. <laughs> <laughs> after some highlight. <mind> <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. So um I guess we can start when anybody's ready unless uh um you got something exciting you wanted to talk about prior. I I think we'll probably uh yeah, Jonathan wanted to talk about or he was trying to sell me on something last night. What was it? On
3: DMs? What was it? I
0: what I don't remember. This. Uh Oh no 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 no! That was Will, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I think it was Will. Um, how about this? Uh, I watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie. The hero. Oh, I don't know what the new title is, but. Um, and what did right. you think? It was all right. It was fun. <laughs> it's fine. It's it's cute. Um, it was very Dungeons and Dragons and it. We gotta get this object and go here and. You know you know like lots of side quests or quests to get to the quest fill it out make it movie length um, so that part was not super interesting but um, every you know dialogue was fine the characters are fine uh, I, I I kind of I kind of think it's weird that they they're not characters exactly you know like in dungeons and dragons you're playing in a secondary world they just live there so I, I i don't i don't know if if there's a way to do it that's more like dungeons and Dragonsy. i don't i don't really get it like maybe maybe the way to make it a better movie would be to have those actors playing second roles as you know sitting around in a in a um in a basement and having uh, them playing their characters.
1: Like Stranger Things?
0: Yeah, I guess like that. But but in Stranger Things, they, they don't actually, you don't see them dressed up in their right, costumes, do you? I don't watched much of it. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, and then having the dungeon master solve the problems by having a paladin come in and stuff like we're that. Good. Because that that would have, I mean, it would have made the movie longer, but there was some stuff in there that could have been cut out to make room for those kind of framing issues you know because because that's a part of the dungeons and dragons experience that isn't um isn't sh- represented whereas like a lot of the stuff in the movie is represented you know oh i recognize that spell or you know look those are the guy go- characters from the from the from
4: the cartoon yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a nice little easter egg if you recognize that
0: yeah so, what did everybody else think? And why is Trish's air conditioner a jet engine?
4: Um, <laughs> oh, no, that <laughs> might be no? be my fan. Let's 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 find out. I'm, I'm going to mute myself if it goes away. Then it's me.
0: Okay. Yep, it's Paul's fan. <laughs>
4: All right, it's my fan. I will Can you direct? And yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Can you direct <laughs> it to your feet or something?
4: I have it directed to my feet. Oh, I have it. It's 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 it's, it's down low. So I just don't where's let your let you I... microphone at your feet, Paul? Um, <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> no, 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 but seriously, the, the fan is on the floor, but it's a but it's a large fan to try to move the air in this hot and sticky uh, mm. summer of... What, uh, what kind of mic do you have? I have a Yeti.
0: Yeah, okay, try turning your gain down. But
4: then you can't hear me.
0: No, no, uh, you, my gain is turned quite low, but you can hear me very well, right?
2: I can hear you fine, just
0: Okay, I've turned yeah, my gain I, down. Okay, now you have your fan on. Can you on. hear me? Yep.
2: Oh
4: no, that's not that's not the game. That's the uh volume. Uh, no ne- never mind, I'll just leave the fan off and swelter. Okay. simpler simpler, simpler answer for everybody. Rather than mucking with the microphone because I have to muck with it again next time I'm on somebody else's. Podcast, well, yeah, so. but you
0: fix it one time, then you don't have to fix it. Yeah, but, again, yeah, but right?
4: but I I got this
0: that it's good
4: for a variety of people. I'm willing
0: <laughs> to let Paul sweat over uh Barnab's freehold. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is this is not the beat up poll.
0: No, that's a joke. What's oh. the um what's the story um, on uh, other people's opinions of this movie?
2: Are we have we started? Are we going? No, not no, yet. Just, are we still I, in uh, pre-show? Pre-show. Oh, the pre-show. movie. Sorry, yeah. the the movie. Uh, yep. I have not seen it. The commercials look good, but uh, I'm not okay. going to theaters, yet. It's
0: on Netflix.
2: <clears throat> and I don't have Netflix. Ah. Well. Um
1: well, I thought it was charming, but I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but mm. I, and I didn't, that didn't—that wasn't a deterrent.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, maybe that's why they didn't. Uh, they should should have just had the, you know, because it's a, it's more of a comedy than anything else, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I, I don't know what the name of the bard character is, uh, actor, but it uh, was something like Captain Kirk or something like that. Chris Pine. Is that him? Yeah, yeah. No, That's he was to- Wonder uh, yeah, he, Woman's he's, husband. Or,
4: uh, yeah, no, no, no he's, he's, he's New Kirk. Ah, yeah.
0: Okay. He was fine. And, <laughs> you know, Hugh Grant is charming as a villain. And uh, the lady from Girl- uh, Thor, she was, you know, playing her usual role and she's good at that. Um, the half elf guy was fine. Everybody was good. Plot was a little, little rough. But, yeah, I, I kind it's, it's fine. Good movie.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised you're talking about that movie though. That's like months. I, that was, I was like,
0: gonna watch Quest for Fire, but I, I. I... Quest I, for
1: a Fire? What
4: <laughs> Yeah,
0: Jonathan was tweeting about that. I,
4: remember, I haven't seen
3: that in years. What would Do come? I want to see Dungeons and Dragons or Quest for Fire? That 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 question has never occurred to me. Yeah, so the
0: reason <laughs> the reason I chose it <laughs> is different. because this language. Yeah, because uh, you know French cavemen are need subtitles.
3: French cavemen <laughs> actually need the, the the movie's French, but the main caveman is played by Ron Perlman.
0: Yeah. Raydon Chong's in there, and yep. uh, one of the
3: I once uh, telemarketed uh, called Raydon Chong, and uh, I was telemarketing, and the name just popped up. Oh no! So uh, I, I told her I,
0: I know you, and she just hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you intimately. I saw that movie. You
3: were in. No, no. I mean, I wasn't like that. I was like, "Are you Raydon? Were you? Are you the?" Quick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, telemarketing, you know. Yeah. It's a it's a horrible job. Uh, well, no, right. I'm just
1: surprised you you talking about that movie when the big movies currently are not that movie. Oh
0: yeah,
4: yeah. What I, are I the mean, big movies? He's not, he's, Barbie he's not movie? About Bar- yeah. It
0: I haven't seen any, but see, I don't go to the movie theater myself. So you 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 probably saw both, right? Uh,
1: I tried. I couldn't get into Barbie. It was oh, really. Yeah. Uh,
0: I would have um, guessed Barbie too. would have been your jam well, more I've than saw- you like science, but. Oppenheimer seems pretty heavy.
1: It was really heavy, <laughs> sure.
0: like like plutonium heavy or <laughs> uranium heavy at the very least. Yeah, <laughs> and dense. <laughs> but <Yeah>. Sparky.
1: <laughs> but Sparky. Yeah. But
0: Sparky. Yeah. And and uh, quite gay. Enola gay. <laughs> oh no! no. Stop. Stop save the, your save your jokes for when you've actually reviewed the movie Jesse. Um now uh yeah I why couldn't you get into Barbie? So sold out. Oh, I thought it was like uh, you start watching it and it's like uh, this is not for me.
2: No, 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 no. Oh. This sold out. I Literally could not get into it. Could not get in. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's different than you know I hand you a book and you say I couldn't get into it. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. There was a lineup to read that book. <laughs> Sold out, which is possible too. Uh, So, um, I am just—I was just about to tweet when Jonathan um, uh, pinged me. Uh, Sorry, it's okay. I just tweeted it now. I had prepped it. Um, It's uh, a picture of and a little bio of Alan E. Norse. You guys know why that's significant? No. Why is that significant? Um, Let's start the show. I'm going to start the show. All right, so I'm going to get my recorder going if it isn't already. It has not been going, it looks like. It's hope, is, the hope is not a plan. No, that's why I've got you as my backup.
4: <laughs>
0: okay, so uh, it'd, be yeah, it's Jesse, now.
4: it'd be Jesse Pohl, Misa, Trish, Jonathan. That
0: sounds right. All right. I'm here. also
4: the keep, keeper of figure who's keep, on this The podcast. keeper of the <laughs>
0: log, yeah.
4: Of oh, Lord. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, that's saving for the podcast.
0: Paul's rules of order. Here Save we it go. For the podcast. Uh, oh, I was gonna. Oh, and um, everybody got a copy of the PDF. I was just running also a OCR on it, um, which is finished. So I don't know how good that'll be. What, what's a what, uh, communist? C U M N. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, it shows up at least once. So. Yeah, so I can do word searches in case um, somebody wants to find a horrible word in here. Um,
3: (laughs) How many times does the word... No, I'm not even... Indeed.
0: Indeed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Slut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so... uh, you read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Wikipedia entry for... What is it called? Farnham's. Farnham's Freehold. Farnham's. Farnham's Freehold. Free. There it is. Here we go.